What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Fourth Infinity. We are back to recap week 16, question mark? Yep, I should have done my yep. research. Week 16 of the uh, 2022 NFL season is what we are ready to recap here. So, uh, yeah, this was the Christmas weekend, so we have games spread out all over on Thursday, bunch on Saturday, some on Sunday, and our usual Monday night game as well. So we had a lot of games over a lot of days, and we're going to get into all of them here and, re- and uh, preview next week as well. As always, before we get into that, I will introduce my uh, co-host first off over in California, Arcadio. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Eh, the, yeah. the seasonal, you know, the, the the seasonal blues kind of getting to me a little bit, and not just mm-hmm. because of the Raiders, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a tough loss that we'll get to before too long here. Uh, also in California, Jay, how are you doing? Uh, things are good. Niners win. Niners keep winning. Uh, you know, it, uh, things are good. Christmas was good and it's a bit of a holiday cozy type episode, a little bit low key, little bit low key. And the translation for that is that we're all tired. Uh, speaking of tired, Bobby, you're tired, right? I'm tired and the pain has returned to the pod. (laughs) Um, this was a rough week, a rough week, folks. Uh, yeah. As a Lions fan who was actually really looking forward to this game and nervous about it, I guess I had a right to be nervous. Yeah, yeah, that it was very sad to see unfold on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you were, you were going through it, and it was, it was very sad for me and for all of us. I think to hear you going through it, we will get to that, of course, uh, in due time. But as always, we'll start with first down, and as we start first down, we do the primetime games first. So we will start on Thursday Night Football, which was the Jaguars and the Jets in the Meadowlands. So this was a game that had pretty high stakes for both teams. Jaguars have been on a run, and the Titans have been slipping these past few weeks, so they had a real shot to get into prime position to win their division, and um, the Jets were fighting for a playoff spot, and they still are fighting for a playoff spot. So this game had a lot on the line for both teams, and only one of these teams actually played like it was the the main note that I had from watching this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the storyline going into it and kind of a maybe a reason why it was a night game to begin with was um, the number one and number two picks, you know, last year with Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. and Zach Wilson uh, facing each other. And uh, one has clearly progressed quite a bit more than the other. Um, yeah. Zach, Zach Wilson's in, in some trouble, um, a lot of drama over there. And I don't know if he really lasts till next season, if he's going to be around after this off season. Yeah. It, it seems to be a broken marriage at this point and they're, mm-hmm. they're starting Mike white going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's uh, it's sad to see that the Jets are receding because I think the, the team around the quarterback is actually pretty good. Um, and they've managed to, like, get better. Like, the team around the quarterback is actually pretty good and have been pretty good consistently throughout the season. And then the quarterback position just continues to just ruin the team. Like, yep. um, mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson my like rookie of the year i think um or at least in the conversation and he's been a stellar wide receiver and then you switch up the quarterback all the time and he just doesn't get the production that he should be getting and then you like you know you lose Brees hall midway through the season and then everything else about the team is just kind of off and then you there's not the you know i think that head offensive mind to quarterback dynamic is one of those that like it really matters, uh, like whoever, whether it's a offensive coordinator or the head coach, like that qu- connection really matters. So you can see, like, especially the transition in the Jags, the team that like won with Trevor Lawrence playing well. It's like 
the change between Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson like radically changed how the team looks and that and how Trevor Lawrence has been performing and the Jags are sort of mm-hmm. surging at the right time at towards the end of the year whereas the Jets are just falling apart because they can't get their quarterback situation in order and I think that's not a demerit to Robert Sala who's like just kind of had to deal with the fact that he has um Zach Wilson you know they invested a lot of capital into him but Zach Wilson just isn't it so um, we'll see what happens going forward, but I think they move on from him pretty quickly this offseason. Yeah, I, I feel bad for Salah during some of these press conferences where he just looks just dejected and down, like talk trying to work his way through talking about Zach Wilson and how the team is viewing him and what they're doing moving forward. Like he's like, you know, there's, he's still in our future plans. He needs to develop, you know, he, you know, I still believe in the kid, that type of stuff. But like, I don't know if he even believes that at this point. I think it's just talk to get to the off season, maybe find a trade partner at this point to who thinks they can get out of him what people thought they would be able to get out of him as the number two pick. I mean, a lot of teams thought he was, you know, a guy that could be um, a top talent and it's just not showing at all right now. Yeah, Jay, uh, you mentioned the their, the team around the quarterback has been decent. It's just the quarterback play has been really subpar and been dragging them down. I feel like that's been the story of the Jets for as long as I've like watched football. Like they, oh, yeah. they just yeah. can never seem to figure out mm-hmm. that position. Like whether it's, you know, Ryan Pennington. Fitzpatrick, Chad Pennington, Vinny <laughs> Testaverde, Mark Sanchez, yeah. you know, just yeah. keep yeah. Brett Favre, recycling you know, all like, the, all the classic <laughs> names, you know, and <laughs> they, they just never seem to figure out that quarterback position, which is like a, a shame. I kind of feel did, bad for their fan base a little bit. Did, yeah. did they find something with Chris Strebler? Um, yeah, that was actually yeah. the only exciting part of this game. Was the only notable watching. part of this game was that yeah, yeah. Chris Streveler, who was the backup who had suited up for this game, I guess he would normally be fourth in the chain of command. I assume he was a practice yep. squad guy. I didn't hear the mm-hmm. whole story from commentary because I was doing other stuff during the game. But yeah, he came in for non-injury reasons to replace Zach Wilson, and they actually the the first drive that he came in on actually showed some promise, and then they got stopped. I think down at the goal, and I think they turned it over on downs. Pretty close to uh, the goal line, if I recall correctly. I'm trying to find it here on the Yeah, cast. so what it was is actually um, they worked their way down on his first drive. They actually drove the ball down, and then Garrett Wilson fumbled. But he was he looked like a linebacker out there, He like a fullback maybe. He was just running the ball. He had he, he looks like he you know, was like a power lifter or something. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, he, he doesn't look like a quarterback. Um, apparently, he played in the CFL. Um and it was fun to watch. He's not a very good passer. I mean, clearly no. he was, he's, he's athletic um, and he was making some fun looking plays, but that was kind of the only excitement for me in this game. I was, you know, dozing off a little bit and then he kind of sparked me a little bit and was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of all I had. The Jags are, they're definitely a hot team and now they can win that division. Uh, yep. It's going to, it doesn't matter what happens this next week. The last game of the year um, between them and the Titans is going to decide that division, which is pretty yep. cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's cool to see the Jags develop, especially in the second half of this season, uh, especially after the horrible year that they had last year. And everyone was saying, like, you put someone who's not Urban Meyer in the NFL in 2021 there with Trevor Lawrence and the rest of that team, and they'll develop, and that's exactly what's happened. They have a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that's really come along this season. Uh, real quick, just a quick note. The fumble you talked about was on the second possession after Traveler game, and the first one was oh, okay. a 16-play, 73-yard drive that took up eight minutes a clock and was a turnover on downs in the red zone was what happened there. That's what it was. So we had three yeah. drives then because I, I, I thought yeah, and then the, we had the, two. the third and final drive was another turnover on downs, which ended the game officially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so those were his three drives, and they all showed some promise, and then they all fell apart. 
Um, so yeah, rough game for the Jets, who only put up three points on the board. Uh, their offense has clearly been their weak link this entire season, especially uh, once Brees Hall went down. And obviously the inconsistency at quarterback has been a major part of that as well. Jags didn't have a fantastic offensive night. They only scored one touchdown. They got a bunch of field goals uh, off of that. But like I said, a ton of ton of talent on the offense, especially Evan Ingram has come along as in the last like three, four weeks, especially as like one of the top, at least fantasy tight ends in the entire league. He had seven catches for 113 uh, in this game. He was clearly their their top receiver. It wasn't a fantastic performance from the Jags, but against this team, the what the Jets are right now, uh, they did more than enough to beat them, and they beat them 19 to three ultimately. So, yeah, like you said, uh, week uh, 17 here for the Jags and the Titans, not super important because it all comes down to all comes down to week 18. But yeah, if the Jags can pull this off, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for them to do that because the Titans have been an incumbent in the AFC South for the past few years, and I'm ready for something new. So and it's not exciting at this point. Yeah, the Titans are not exciting at all. Yeah. Week 18 will be a fun, uh, always always has a lot of good matchups to watch, so that'll be a good one. I'm betting that'll end up being the, the flex game on Sunday Night Football that week. It'll either yeah. be that or Bengals-Ravens, depending I, on how this week it? goes. Ooh, yeah. good, good one, too. Although they would have the Ravens be, consecutive weeks, so we'll I, see. I think it'll be this game for the you know when it play you know yeah because the the losers eliminated right whereas the mm-hmm. other yeah. that other game the other two teams are already in there yeah, yeah yeah true yeah so we'll see um that pro- that makes more sense yeah. but we will see this time next week what actually gets flexed in that position so that will do it for the thursday night game the jags and jets game so moving on to saturday night we had another saturday night game which was christmas eve most of the games actually did happen on christmas eve that's the day that red zone aired and everything like that so the night game was the raiders and the steelers in pittsburgh this was i believe the 40th or 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception 40th 50 okay i could not remember for sure um yeah that was as we mentioned last week their whole marketing push for this game was that it was the anniversary of the immaculate reception and then unfortunately designed to that franco harris the legendary steelers running back passed away so there was a lot of goodwill toward the steelers going into this game the vibes had swung in their direction because of that they had a lot to play for and arcado do you want to talk about since you were a raiders fan how this game went yeah um Raiders started out the game with a very nice methodical drive. Uh, Hunter Renfro made some really good plays. Uh, I want to say he made one or two catches, especially or obviously the one that got the touchdown. But I think he had a nice uh, third down catch beforehand. And yeah, after that, th- this was just one of the ugliest games probably of the whole week. Felt like an old school AFL game, though I would not compare this Raiders team or that Steelers team to the Raiders and Steelers teams of old. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. It was very cold. Obviously that played a big factor, but just neither, neither offense could really get anything going, anything meaningful going. Um, the Steelers missed a couple field goals and that's kind of the only reason why the Raiders were even in it in the first place. Just both teams were trading turnovers and yeah, just not, not, not a very memorable performance from the offense for sure. I think this is probably their, well, aside from the shutout, this was their worst performance of the season, I would say. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of seems like this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back with, with Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels uh, relationship. Cause uh, after the game, McDaniels kind of threw a little bit of shade Carr's way, just saying we haven't been passing the ball well in the last month and all that. And uh, I kind of get the feeling that they're going to end up maybe starting someone else the last two games and evaluating what they have at the quarterback position. Because I I just don't think Carr's going to be back after this. Um, It's kind of sad. Kind of an era. Backups right now. Yeah, I was going to ask that. 
Um, I want to say, not Nathan Peterman. Who's the other guy? Nick oh, Mullins. Crap. Is Nick Mullins backup? Or no, he's not. Uh, Stidham. Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. Yeah, that's right. He's the uh, only other quarterback listed on the roster Patriot. right now. Yeah, yeah I, I think Stidham would probably get the start because uh, mm. the Raiders aren't really. I mean, they're technically still in. They're not mathematically eliminated, but it's the the odds are very very low. And, uh, yeah, it's probably the end of an era. Probably going to go to quarterback purgatory, the the dreaded quarterback purgatory for the next couple of years, I would say, which, you know, that's – I went through that for almost 13 years as a Raider fan, and that's not fun. So, yeah, yeah that sucks, but what are you going to do? Josh Jacobs only had 44, yard, 44 yards on the ground. Devontae Adams only had two catches for 15 yards. That was obviously way below what they have been producing. And when those guys aren't producing, the rest of the team's just not going to produce. And so after that first drive, they only had a field goal at the very end of the first half, and then that was it for them. Uh, to the Steelers, as far as the Steelers go, they didn't do much better than that, but um, they I mean, they were doing pretty much nothing most of the game, and then they had a game-winning drive. Pickett has had a few really nice late-game drives this season, and this was one of them, and it culminated with a 14-yard uh, touchdown to George Pickens with 45 seconds left. And uh, that was pretty much all she wrote. I think Carr threw an interception on the final drive with 45 seconds left or so on like the second or yeah. third play. Yeah. And so that did it for the Raiders. So yeah, an ugly game, as you mentioned. Uh, it was one of many cold games as the cold front blew through the country this weekend. One of many very, very frigid games that uh, a bunch of teams had to play through. Yeah, not a, not a great game and not a great result for uh, the Raiders, but it was a good result for me in the pick'em because I was the only person who took the Steelers on this one, so I gained some ground. I forgot to mention the picks for uh, Thursday night, but we all had the Jags, I believe, right? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I believe this was our only deviation at any point, and I was the only one who did it, so I'm going to mm-hmm. pat myself on the back a little bit for that one, even though this was not a particularly exciting exciting game going in. Um, but yeah, the Steelers are up to 7-8 and eight now. They still have a chance to keep Tomlin's... Uh, non-losing season streak alive if they win and or tie uh, these last couple games um so there's a possibility that could happen they can still sneak into the playoffs conceivably because there's a bunch of seven and eight teams alongside them uh vying for that last spot so we'll see if the last couple weeks in the afc are going to be very interesting so the two teams left are the ravens and the browns the mm-hmm. browns have been eliminated and yep. the browns are also bad uh yeah in <laughs> yeah uh in large part due to their bad quarterback play from their Terrible offseason decision. Man here. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other team is the Ravens without Lamar. And so that makes uh interesting final two games. And yeah, you know, I think the, the Steelers defense is still pretty good with with uh, TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, oh, yeah. which I believe yeah. are both the defense now, right? is pretty good. And so, yeah. you know, it's not like the team is terrible. The quarterback play is bad, but uh George Pickens occasionally makes good plays and um kenny pickett can also occasionally make a good play uh and you know Najee harris is has still some stuff left in the tank so you know it's like they have a like middling offense and a good defense and that's kind of what you need to 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 become like a 500 ish team in the nfl Um, Mm -hmm. which is about where they'll end up let's see if they can keep tomlin's record alive and i wonder if they play for that kind of thing, even if they get eliminated this next week. They got to win out, or they have to tie one of these games yeah. um, to keep the to keep the non losing streak alive. If they lose one more game, then they have a losing season. But yeah, I can think of worse worse things to happen than the two seed Chiefs playing the seven seed Steelers wildcard weekend. If that's how it ends up going, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> that would be a game. <laughs> we did that last year: the two seed Chiefs against the seven seed Steelers um, against mm-hmm. uh, Big Ben in his final game, and that went very well for the Chiefs. So. If that happens again, I'm okay with that. I don't expect this, but it could happen. 
so that will do it for Saturday night. We'll move on to the Sunday night game. Uh, Sunday only had three games, and two of them were especially not interesting going in. One of them was this one, which was the Bucks in Arizona to play the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals were on their third string quarterback at this point in the season uh, with Kyler out for the year and Colt McCoy, I think, yeah, had a Trace concussion. McSorley. Yeah, Trace McSorley. And uh, he played Trace McPorley. Am I right, folks? Oh, oh <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. Uh, 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 I, I, I respect that. I thought that. of that like an hour ago and I've been just sitting on it since then. It's kind of just like yeah. right there. And I just I'm kind of upset that mm-hmm. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. Penn State legend, dude. I feel like he was there forever. Yeah, um, basically. I think they said, was it Godwin who, who played with him? Someone on the yeah. Bucks receiving core yeah. played with McSorley at Penn State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the only note I really had about McSorley in that game. He, he had a little over 50, 50% completion percentage, didn't throw a touchdown, threw a pick, and only had a little over 200 yards. Not, I mean, not the worst performance I've ever seen, especially from a third stringer against a decent defense in the Bucks defense. But yeah, this game sucked. This was this is, so ugh, dreadfully dull. dull. <laughs> the the Bucks are so terrible to watch because on offense, they, they can't run the ball at all, but uh, Bulls and Leftwich keep trying to establish the run to an infuriating degree. And to be to be fair and to be clear, the passing attack is not much better. Tom Brady and Mike Evans in particular have no chemistry at this point in the season. They seem to hate each other pretty much. Um, it's yeah, just not not working between them. I, yeah, for, for you levels. especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's been tough watching this whole year that that relationship because he still had some great games uh-huh. because if he catches a ball, it's deep for the most part, and he mm-hmm. got quite a few touchdowns, but. So many passes this year were either intercepted that were intended for Evans or just not even close. Like Evans was looking the complete wrong direction. And I feel like that was every pass to Evans until the final drive this game. Yeah, the Bucks just look terrible on offense and their defense keeps them alive in low scoring games against bad teams. That is exactly what happened here. Uh, Bucks were down 16 to 6 in the fourth quarter. When the Cardinals went up 10, I said, so what's going to happen is that uh, they're going to go up 13 with like five minutes left and the Bucks are going to repeat what they did against the Saints, which is not actually what happened here. The Bucks got back into the game earlier than that and they ended up tying it up. It was 16-16. This game somehow went into overtime, which we all were very unhappy about. And then the Bucks got a field goal to win the game in overtime. Ryan Suckup is the Bucks MVP this year, folks. Every time I look up at the screen, he's kicking a field goal for them because that's all they can do. Yeah, but I mean, what a what a game by Tom Brady, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that old lady behind me in line at Freddy's yesterday <laughs> said said he had a great game with his one one touchdown and two picks, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they'll sneak. It's... I'm I'm confident they'll sneak in the playoffs. And like I said, playoff Tom mm-hmm. is is his own beast. Even I mean, this is the worst team he's ever had in the playoffs for sure. If if they technically they ha- they're not in yet, they need one more win to do it. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I've never seen Brady on such a dysfunctional offense for like, sure. You know, he is doing what he can. He's getting it out. But even he is, I mean, obviously he's older at this point, well older than anyone thought he would play until, but he's finally showing his age on some throws, I feel. Yeah. Um, Like just easy throws that he should make um, and it's just not happening. So that along with miscommunication with receivers and a, and no rushing game, I mean, it's it's kind of unbelievable that they're sneaking into the playoffs, but this division is just so bad. Yeah. And there's two teams still alive with them. It's the Saints and the Panthers are both still alive. The Panthers have been streaking at the right time of the season. Which will and the Panthers, have, they control their own destiny here if they win out yep, because they, they still play do. Tampa. It would be wild if the Panthers backdoor their way into the playoffs after firing. After firing their coach and trading their, coach. Their, and trading their star player and then cutting their starting quarterback from the beginning of the year. 
Yeah. And then beating Tom Brady into the playoffs, especially mm-hmm. that would be the icing on the cake, especially if the sense of being Brady's last year, which I think if that happens, there's no way this is last year. He can't he can't do that. But I mean, we'll see. I still am not. Like I said, yeah. on the very first show we did before we ever started this show, um, I'm not confident that he's retired until he's been gone for like five years. That I'm, I'm just not going to be confident in it. But <laughs> yeah, Bucks are look like they're still in decent position to sneak in the playoffs. And then as I keep saying, all bets are off, but I get less and less confident in that thought every single week. Okay, so moving on to the last primetime game is the Monday Night Football game in Lucas Oil. This was the Colts hosting the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers were win and you're in as far as the playoffs were concerned. Uh, the Colts were already mathematically eliminated. They tried a little something different this game. Uh, they benched Matt Ryan again, and he didn't even suit up for this game. They decided to start Nick Foles, who hasn't played in a little while, and I think uh, Sam Ellinger was the backup who suited up for him in this game. And the way that uh, Buck and Aikman set it up before the game was that the thought from the Colts was that Matt or uh, Nick Foles would set up the deep passing game that that's been lacking for them this season. Even though they looked up the statistics, and that's never really been something he's done too consistently. Um, he did so that, the one year they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, Philly. he did like in those playoffs, deep, basically in those games. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> but like yeah. if you look at his regular season stats in his career when he's been a starter, it's never been no. like that for him. Yeah, so I mean, they're still they. They were banking on something from five years ago now when he was a backup quarterback that people had not figured out. That was what they were banking on. And surprise, surprise, it did not work out so well for them. Um, He had, let's see, he went 17 for 29, 143 yards passing, no touchdowns and three interceptions. This was another abysmal performance by the Colts who were missing Jonathan Taylor. And I mean, they're just, we talk about dysfunctional teams. This is probably still the most dysfunctional team. And they've had a lot of stuff thrown their way. The players have this season, but they're still not producing. And this was no exception. This was an abysmal performance by the Colts and the Chargers very easily won this game. And they didn't even play that well to begin with. I still can't believe that the Raiders lost to this team. Yeah, like I, I still can't believe the Chiefs lost to this team. <laughs> They, they've had some embarrassing losses this year, the Raiders, like a lot of them, but I think this one it's against the Colts was still the most embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Just because of the whole, the, the circumstances. The whole yeah, that was Saturday's Jeff first Saturday game, right? And it, like, yep. uh, that, yeah, that's going to kill me. All right. Sorry, Bobby. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I didn't see a lot of this game because of, of Christmas stuff. Uh, I, I saw like the last half and it, and it didn't see, or maybe the last like quarter of it. And it, just didn't seem that exciting. What do you think this was the worst primetime slate all because we had four games, so more than usual, and none of them were that exciting. None of them were good. Um, none, I mean, exciting, you could say one went to overtime, but like they weren't good football games. They're all sloppy, um, pretty low scoring, uh, not a lot of explosive plays on in anything. Like, I, I think this might have been the least exciting slate we've had all year, and it's I'm getting to the now. point. And it's getting to the point in the season where you kind of expect these games to be pretty important and good, but it was just, yeah. Um, I think they were banking on some of these day games during Christmas, Christmas Eve being being better, like the Rams-Broncos, uh, which <laughs> we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of the football this, this weekend just felt a little flat to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, only one of these teams had a winning record. Yeah. Only one of these teams had a winning record, and uh, they're in the playoffs now officially. The Chargers will be probably the sixth seed, but the way things shake out, it looks pretty pretty safe that they'll be the sixth seed. So um, the top three seeds in the AFC are still wide open at this point, depending on how these next two weeks go. So um, we can't really even predict any matchups yet for that yet. So that'll be uh, exciting to see, but they're in, and there's still one spot open in the AFC, and the Colts are certainly not filling that spot. No, they're not. They're They're fighting— They, I, I would like them. I think to they have maybe, a top five pick now. 
win a couple games here uh, just for, you know, Rams, because the Rams did something that I'm not, I wasn't expecting the last couple of weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not super happy about a lot of things right now as far as uh, the NFL. Yep. Yeah. So that'll do it for the primetime slate. Uh, we, we all had the charters in this game and we all had the bucks on Sunday night. So uh, do you want to yeah. go through our overall picks now? Sure. Um, so after that, um, Nick went four and this week. Uh, the rest of us went three and one. So Nick gained a game, even though he was down uh, a few games coming into this. So yeah. Uh, after this, I am 37 and 16. Jay is 36 and 17. Arcadio is 35 and 18. So we're all one game apart from each other there. Uh, and then Nick is 33 and 20. Gained one game, but he's a couple games back from Arcadio. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday, we are 47 and 25. Sunday, 53 and 11. Uh, Monday, we're 36 and 32. We just, we're above 500 now, folks. Look at that. After that miserable start. Gotta be the first time Um, in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. This whole year. Uh, And then our Saturday games uh, slash miscellaneous is, we're five and three um, after taking three L's this week uh, in that uh, Steelers Raiders game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overall, 141 and 71. So I'd say that's pretty good. It's Um, still good. But we're going to have some, I think some good matchups, especially with, like we said before about games being flexed. So. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's going to be tough. There's only four picks to go, right? We have three this week as usual. Then we only have one on, uh, in week 18. If we want ESPN, we'll have a Saturday game on week 18. We can maybe pick that. I think it's going to be okay the only game that. on we Saturday. So we can possibly now. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be like a Saturday late afternoon, but yeah, I'd be fine with that. Add one to our, you know, end of the year. Yeah. Or end yeah. of the regular season pod, you know. Just for funsies. That hasn't been determined yet, I don't think. Every it still says everything is T B D for Sunday, January eighth for yeah. week eighteen. So one of those games yeah. is gonna be on Saturday the seventh on ESPN. So there's they announced five to that go last then. night. There's four to, oh yeah, five to go. Yeah, you're right. Five to go if we make two on that. Okay. All right. And, and then and then playoffs we'll do something different for the playoffs, I think we have planned. But we'll get to that when yeah. we get to that. Okay. So that will do it for primetime and for the primetime pick'em. Let's go into the other games that were happening this weekend. A lot of close games this weekend with major playoff implications. Uh, one such game uh, we'll mention very briefly because the game itself wasn't super no- uh, super notable. The Saints beat the Browns 17-10 to to stay alive in contention for the NFC South. Uh, the Browns got eliminated from playoff contention officially with this game. It was a very cold, very windy game, and neither offense was doing too much, but the Saints did just enough. Uh, the Browns' offense has not been good since Deshaun got in. They were legit better with Brissett in there than what he's played like this year. That's the, that's my only note. Maybe they'll figure things out in the offseason a little bit, but if they stay like this, I'll be quite happy with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I don't think it will stay that way um, yeah. just because of what Deshaun has shown in his past. But yeah, he the rust is is showing big time. Uh, it, it's not even a functional offense with him in there. So nope. yeah, um, didn't see much of this but it didn't seem like that much of an exciting game, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was mostly just that it was a really cold, really windy game. That was the note going in, and there was, like, nobody in the stands for that one just because of the weather. Um, yeah, so the Saints won this. They're up to 6-9. and nine. They're a game behind the Bucks, but still technically alive in the NFC South. They have the uh, most difficult path to win the division, but they are still alive right now, so uh, there's that. Uh, another game, the Bengals and the Patriots ended up being a closer game than it seemed like it would be for a while. Uh, Bengals ended up pulling this one out 22-18, to 18, and the Patriots had a real chance to take the lead. They got down maybe even to and goal, and then Ramondre Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson had a very poorly timed fumble that ended up giving the ball back to the Bengals, and the Bengals ended up winning this game. Um, but yeah, the 
the Patriots scored 18 straight points on the Bengals all in the second half. The Bengals got shut out in the second half after going up 22 nothing in the first half. Uh, they had a couple big performances, particularly T. Higgins, who had, let's check his stat line, uh, he had eight catches for 128 and a touchdown, so that was good for me in fantasy. He had a big game. Uh, Jamar Chase did well, and uh, Trenton Irwin, uh, everyone's favorite Bengals receiver, had three catches for 45 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I don't know a single person in the entire world who would have had him starting on a fantasy team, but he had a good performance if you if you somehow picked him up for that. Yeah, Burrow had a really good game, but he did throw two picks, and so it kept the Patriots in the game in the second half, and they almost made the Bengals pay for it, but the Bengals ended up holding on 22-18. Um, yeah, so they are right now positioned as a three seed in the AFC, but as we'll mention in a little bit, they do play Buffalo, which has major seeding implications for all, all three of those top seeds right now. So, um, yeah, the last couple weeks will be more interesting for the Bengals than this one was, but the Patriots, thanks to losses by a bunch of other teams, are still alive uh, for these last two weeks as well. Yeah, my only note really for this one is that the Bengals continue to struggle to run the ball, and that I think um, in games like this where they get out to that big of a lead kind mm-hmm. of eliminates the possibility of just kind of running out the clock yep. and um, giving less chances to, in this case, the Patriots. Like if they were able to run the ball at all, the Patriots would have just run out of time. Um, but Burrow threw the ball 52 times in a game that they were up 22, nothing like yeah. that shouldn't <laughs> happen. Yeah. Um, so that that's my main thing is that's, I think their biggest struggle as a team um, and why games could end up being closer than they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, they, their running game, even with Joe Mixon, who's a good running back is just, it's, it's not great. Yeah. It's been as a, especially as a Mixon fantasy owner, it's been a frustrating season. He had like he had that 55-point week that one week where he scored a bunch of touchdowns, and he's had a couple 100-yard games, I think, but it has not been a great year for uh, for the Bengals on the ground. Honestly, uh, when P. Ryan's in the game, they show better flashes than when Mixon's in the game for the most part. And like when the couple of games that Mixon was out, they didn't really miss a beat with that running game. He performed just as well as Mixon does usually, if not a little bit better. So I don't know. I mean, it's not the best, not the worst uh, rushing attack they've ever seen, but it definitely needs to be better, especially if you're trying to manage leads in the play in the playoffs, especially against good teams. I'm putting it in like in context of, of the better teams in the league. Like obviously they have a better rushing attack than some of these, some of the, you know, bad teams, but uh, they should have been able to put this one away. I feel, and they just couldn't quite, I mean, they, they won, but they didn't yeah. put it out of reach. It was not thanks to the offense that they won that game. They would have had a chance to come back probably depending on when the Patriots have scored, how they managed the clock those last minute or so. But um yeah, it was not thanks to the offense that they won that game. It was kind of lucky on the offense's part that they ended up pulling that one out. Oh, so another really exciting game, uh, one that actually they flipped away from the Chiefs game to cut to the last few minutes of this game because it was more exciting. The Vikings and the Giants, two teams, the one had already made it to the playoffs in the Vikings and won their division, and the Giants, who were fighting for a playoff spot, but thanks to their win with the Commanders, they put themselves in a pretty good position um, so that this loss doesn't hurt them too badly, but... This seemed like a very exciting game, especially as it got down the stretch, because the Vikings just can't have a normal game where they have a nice lead and keep it, uh, or like they, they'll either be in a tight game the entire way or they'll come storming back from behind. But I believe all of their wins this year have been by one possession. I believe it's the stat. They're, not every game. They're 11 and 0, though, in one possession games. So they had one yeah. game where they won they by two possessions. one game where they won by, <laughs> yeah. That's why that's why they don't feel like a dominant team to me is because they don't they just don't dominate games. That's just not what this team is like. And whether it's a good teams or bad teams, they beat like it's always close for them, and it could go either way. Their defense is just bad. It like, is there's not, no, yeah, no other terrible. way around it. They've they've played some good situational defense uh, at the end of games, and to give their offense a chance to to you know get the winning field goal or touchdown or whatever they need. But 
Mm-hmm. Oh, they give up so many yards. Um, and they're they're a sieve for most of the game. And yep. then they just kind of tighten up at the right time so far. I don't know if that's going to work in the playoffs, though. Yeah, I am uh, not very confident in this team in the playoffs, especially depending on how certain matchups I'm going for them. Um, if they have to play the Cowboys in the second week, potentially, uh, that could be that could be a struggle for them. But uh, NFC seeding is also still a little bit up in the air at this point in the season, even though that seems a bit more set in stone. So I don't know who they'll be playing, but it might be a struggle for them. Um, no, no matter who they end up playing in the playoffs, because any team they play, good or bad, that's what these games feel like every single week for them. So we'll see. But yeah, a 61 yarder by Greg Joseph as time expired in regulation to win that game for him. It was a crazy kick, and he just absolutely nailed it. So good for the Vikings, and the Giants luckily weren't hurt too terribly, but they still have to get, I think, another win to make sure that they're in at this point. But they seem pretty safely locked into that six seed right now. Because I know all the Lions scenarios at this point. Oh, yes. If, if the. So. As far as the Lions go, if two out of the three of the following happen, the Lions and like and the Lions went out, then they can get in. Commanders and Seahawks both lose one game, uh, and the Giants or the Giants lose two games. So, okay. um, two out of those three things happen, and the Lions went out, then they're in. So that's the way the Giants could miss is if um, Lions get in and one of those other teams wins a game and gets ahead of them as well. Okay. The Giants do play the Colts this week. They do. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm not banking on them sure. losing that game. I'm more looking at the Commanders and Seahawks to lose one of their next mm-hmm. two games. And I yep. guess the Packers? Yeah, Packers are coming along. Uh, the Packers, cool. yeah. Basically, it, there is a scenario where the Lions-Packers game is a, is for a playoff spot from Week yep. 18. Yep. But yep. we wouldn't know that at game time, I don't think, because we would have to see what the game's happening at that time, like the results, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, unless they flex it, but I think that night game is going to be like we talked about before the the Jags Titans, probably. Um, yeah, we'll get to the we'll get to the all the scenarios here in just a little bit. Uh, another game uh, that was just a close game and worth mentioning for uh, playoff seating implications. One team that it, uh, that does not affect is the Texans, who ended up winning their second game of the year. They beat the Titans nineteen to fourteen. Titan season is just collapsing right now. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is out, so Malik Willis is in for this game, and he just can't throw the ball like he's. It, no. Like they just don't have a good passing attack with him in the game at all. Like I, as I mentioned, when we had that Chiefs Titans Sunday night game, he had to make a two minute drill drive and he le- he legit just couldn't do it. Like he couldn't throw a ball to anybody at that time. And he might get there over time, but he's that's certainly not what he's like right now. And if he has to be their their guy throwing the ball in the playoffs, I don't think it'll work out for them. I I, I don't think this team with, with him. I like I still don't think they're gonna win the division at this point in the season with him and with him in there. But if they somehow sneak in the playoffs, they're gonna get destroyed. I think. Uh, so the Texans won this game, but they still have the number one overall pick. So this wasn't a Jets twenty twenty scenario where they ended up costing themselves Trevor Lawrence by winning a game. Um, this is a situation where the Texans are Texans are still in control of the number one overall pick. So it behooved them to just go out and win a game if they could, which they've gotten very close to these past couple weeks, and they finally won one here. So good on them. And the Titans are just as we said collapsing at the absolute worst time. Yeah. So late Saturday afternoon, we had the Cowboys and the Eagles, a huge NFC East matchup, which became a little less enticing when we learned that Jalen Hurts was not going to be playing in this game. Uh, they had Minshew in as his backup against the Cowboys. Cowboys defense has kind of fallen off these last few weeks. They were really strong for much of the beginning part of the season. But these last couple weeks, even against a backup in this game like Minshew, um, they ended up giving up 34 points to the Eagles offense. And 
this was a pretty tight back and forth matchup most of the way through. Both teams, like the Eagles, still look like a good team even mm-hmm. without Hurts. There, they they still function well. Minshew's like he's good enough that he can run the offense effectively. He's one though. of the at this point he's one of the best backup quarterbacks yes, in the league because he sure. started for a few years and has that experience and he's not bad. He's just not a great quarterback. Like you know he's yeah. he's he's functional, can make all the reads and and make the throws. He he looked pretty good in this game and his two picks mm-hmm. were kind of misleading. Uh, mm-hmm. one was tipped and one was a great catch um, that was taken out of the receiver's hands. So um, he played well, but obviously they miss Hertz legs. I think like, yeah, as a big, big weapon. Yep. Yeah. That's just another element to the offense that they were lacking in this game. Um, he did like, like you said, he did have a good game, three fifty-five, two touchdowns. And then the two picks that were kind of misleading, like you said, and they were right in it until the very end. And the Cowboys, like I said, it was a back and forth game. And the Cowboys ended up coming out on top winning by six. So Eagles have not locked up that one seed yet. Uh, we still have two weeks left and a lot of things that have to go wrong for the Eagles for them to lose the one seed and lose their or and or lose their division at this point. I don't think it's likely that that's going to happen, but there's still a possibility that it does. Um, yeah, I did want to mention this was I haven't seen like all the stats for every game in his career, but this was one of Devontae Smith's best games uh, in mm-hmm. in his young career. Eight yeah. catches for 113 and two touchdowns. He absolutely like every time I looked up the screen, it felt like he was making a big play in this game. And A.J. Brown had over 100, but he did not get into the end zone, which I had a bet about like four players in this game to get a combined two touchdowns. And I only got the one because uh, Sanders, A.J. Brown and Pollard, I don't think ever got in the end zone or maybe someone else. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, AJ Brown did not get in the end zone, which I know hurt Bobby um, quite a bit. But yep. Yeah, we'll get to fancy when we get to it. But yeah, this is all things considered a good performance by the Eagles, especially against a defense that uh, has been good this year, even though they've been a little bit more suspect these last couple weeks in the Cowboys. But yeah, this is just a really fun back and forth game. And it sucks that it felt less important ultimately than it could have a couple weeks ago. But yeah, a good game nonetheless. It put that number one uh, seed and at least into question. So it makes mm-hmm. that exciting, like for the Vikings, um, they have a, a shot. Um, I mean, they need the Eagles to probably lose the next couple games, but still, yeah. um, it at least puts it into question a little bit. So it, it, it helped kind of make some more games a little bit more exciting uh, the next couple weeks. Yeah, the Vikings will need the Eagles to lose out for them to have any shot at it because yeah. the Eagles have the tiebreaker over them. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles lose out, they 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 fall off the one seed and... Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what happens with all the ties, but, um, we'll, we'll see. I, I think it's still a pretty unlikely scenario that the Eagles lose out, but it's still, they, the, this was like piece, the first piece that had to fall with, with that. And, um, we'll see how they fare for the rest of the season with the remaining two games. They do play the saints this week. They do. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think, um, just do my, my quick math, right. Um, I think both the Niners and the Vikings will have to win out and the Eagles and the Eagles will have to lose out for either of those teams to actually have a chance to get the one seed because Niners have a loss, an extra loss compared to the Vikings. So they'll need that to get to that point. And the Vikings will need both those wins because of the tiebreaker the Eagles have over them right now. So it's still unlikely, but like you said, step one of that uh, already happened. So we'll see how it goes. But as Arcadia said, they play the Saints who are not great, but they do have a lot to fight for at this point. Uh, last game that we're going to mention here from uh, Sunday before we get into our games uh, was the Packers and the Dolphins uh, in the first game on Sunday. This was a very exciting game. Um, the Packers, as we've talked about these last couple weeks, have been coming along late in the season. They've been winning games. I think this is their third straight win. Um, so, like, yeah, they were 4-8 and eight earlier earlier in the year, and they've been coming along late in this season. They still don't look like, you know, that classic great Aaron Rodgers team that 
they had for so many years and that they've had the last couple years especially but they're putting the pieces together at the right time and the dolphins things are kind of falling apart for the dolphins right now in multiple ways like even before uh Tua got hurt again he has another concussion or at least he's in protocol right now um the dolphins have been skidding at the worst time and the Packers were on fire at the right time so this worked out in the Packers favor and they ended up winning this one 26 to 20 the story with this one as far as during the game before we learned what happened with Tua was that Tua threw I think three interceptions in this game and I think the last Late. three possessions yeah. for the Dolphins were all turnovers I think yeah I mean the the, the, the Dolphins got up big it seemed like it was going to be big um, especially after the Packers faked a punt in the first half um, and it looked like the Dolphins could go ahead pretty big, and they ended up getting stopped for a field goal, uh, which mm-hmm. I think was pretty big at that point. Because um, what was the score at half? It was twenty. Do you say it was twenty to six or something? Let's see. At half, why can't I can't find it. At half, it was twenty to thirteen in favor of the Dolphins. Oh, thirteen. Yeah, because they uh, Green Bay kicked a field goal. So yeah, but they could have been up bigger in that first half. Um, it kind of seemed like they should have, and then they just folded their entire offense folded in the second half yeah um, and we kind of found out maybe a reason why Tua was not quite himself at the end of that game but uh yeah and and like you said this not being a, a typical Green Bay team I just looked at the stats Aaron Rodgers has not had a 300 yard game all year mm-hmm. which is, is crazy for uh, an Aaron Rodgers led offense like they've been running the ball well uh most of the year it seems at least on this hot streak they definitely have so I think that's what their focus is. And obviously Rogers isn't 100% healthy, but yeah, they're fighting, they're hanging in there. I, I don't like to see it because <laughs> I don't want, I'm getting worried about that end of the season game meaning mm-hmm. something and Rogers doing what he's done to uh, the Lions my entire, uh, well, his entire career that I've been watching. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think we can win that game. It's not like I'm worried about it, but it's it like as far as the game goes, but if it happens, it's going to be crushing for sure. As far as what the Packers do in the playoffs, that's always that's always kind of a joke for people. But um, Aaron Rodgers at this time of the season fighting to get in, it's getting hard for me to pick against him, even though a lot of stuff has to go in their favor for that. Um, I would probably take him over taking the Lions at this point, but we will see. But yeah, um, as we mentioned, Tua did have a concu- uh, his third concussion of the season in this game. I don't know if they said it was a concussion yet, or, but we know he's at least he's in, in the protocol, protocol right now. Yeah, so... As many have said at this point, if they take their protocol seriously, that's his third this season. He should not be playing again the rest of the year. Like straight up, he just should not be playing again. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, I suspect he will end up playing again in week eighteen. But if they're serious about it, that will not happen. But I, I'm not confident in that. Yeah, I mean, it's just ugly. I think like it's the the statistics behind the lasting effects of multiple concussions within a regular season are pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. evident and like you know it's pretty clear on what we're what should happen here and i think a lot of nfl media and general like fan bases who care about the game and, and its longevity have started to speak out about it and said that like they should shut to a down and you know who knows what happens i think like we've seen uh a lot of other players go to early retirement because of the multiple concussions as well so um but in any case like these next two games are not worth his literal life um so uh yeah need to need to think about what to do there and and how to how to manage uh to his injury which is to shut him down for the season yeah that would be the responsible thing to do and i don't always trust the responsible thing to happen um 
as far as looking ahead to the Dolphins, these next two games, um, they will have Teddy Bridgewater, I think, at least in for this week, presumably. Um, and they play the Patriots this week. Dolphins are eight and seven. Pats are seven and eight. So it's a key game for both teams. And then week 18, let's see. The Dolphins will play the Jets, who uh, same record between the Patriots and the Jets right now, both at seven and eight. And those are the Dolphins' last two games of the year. So they have a somewhat difficult path to get in, especially if two is not playing, which he shouldn't be, like we said. So I don't know. Uh, it feels much less likely that the Dolphins get into that seven seed than it did before the start of this weekend. That's for that's for damn sure. Um, okay, so we'll move on to our games now. Uh, the first one, we'll get it out of the way, the sad stuff. Uh, Bobby, go ahead. All right, so look, the Lions went into this game with a, a very, a pretty good shot. I, you know, if they had, if they won out, it was a very good shot to get in the playoffs. And what we needed to happen outside of the Lions game happened. Uh, the Commanders lost. Uh, the um, as we'll get into with with next game. Um, Seattle lost and also, I mean, the giants losing helps, but, uh, like that wasn't necessarily what we needed, but it does help other scenarios. But we, because of knowing that that had, was going to happen, like this was a control your own destiny game in a way. And the lions just came out unprepared. It seemed like, um, I mean, I get it. Look, it's tough to win as many games as the lions have in the back half of the season, um, and continue to just win and win out. I get it, but you know, this was. Very disappointing. Uh, the Lions' rush, run defense has been pretty good the last, I think, during basically this entire stretch of winning football. In the beginning of the year, we were getting gashed, uh, and we tightened it up um, and hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher since, I don't know, pretty early on in the season, like as far as like an individual running back. Um, Justin Fields rushed on us but as a quarterback, um, but as far as like in between the tackles, like we were stuffing it pretty well. And... The, and we knew that that's pretty much the entire Panthers offense. And they came out and just gashed us. They had both, both their starting, both their two running backs, uh, Chuba Hubbard, um, and also uh, Foreman had over 100 yards in the first half each. Um, and they ended up rushing for like 325 yards or 350 yards, something like that in the game. I, I'd have to look it up, but 320. Yeah, 320. Um, the, the game started out and it was just not pretty. Panthers marched right down the field, rushed and scored. Lions answered, uh, which looked good on offense. We had put together a pretty normal-looking, you know, drive for our offense, who had been pretty high-scoring for a lot of the year. Uh, and then we did stop them on that next drive, and it looks like the Lions looked like the Lions were going to go take the lead and get some momentum going. And there was a fumbled snap inside the red zone. Um, the the announcer said it was possibly on Ragnow, the center. He, the ball didn't quite get turned. About regardless of whose fault it was, that was that was huge. Um, I think it changed the momentum. Uh, Panthers instantly again had big 20, 30 yard runs down the field and went down and scored another touchdown. And we just couldn't get back in the game. Uh, Goff actually played a a pretty good game, uh, especially like, you know, in the second half, trying to get us to come back, uh, led some drives, but it was just out of hand. The defense couldn't stop, stop them at all, uh, which was disappointing. So look, it was, it was really sad to watch because this meant a lot and it for the Lions and it doesn't happen very often as far as like December football meaning a lot. Uh, it, we've had our few winning seasons and when we get into the playoffs and, and all that, but uh, it's been five years since we've been to the 500 this late in the year. Uh, so not used to it. It was definitely crushing, but you know what? It we're not out of it. There's some we if we win out, we still have I think it was a 71% chance of getting in is what the like 
all the math says. So mm-hmm. we need Seattle and the Commanders to both lose a game, uh, which is very possible with the way both teams are playing. Um, or uh, the Giants lose lose out, which they play the Colts. So that's a little unlikely. But look, yeah. we just got to do what we got to do. We play Chicago next week at home. Uh, we got to have a get right game. Um, you know, we beat Chicago on the road. Uh, let's see if we can stop Justin Fields' legs a little bit and maybe just clean some things up from this week, learn and and come out much better prepared. Um, and uh, yeah, just win this game, see what we see what happens. Now we can only control what we can control at this point and just mm-hmm. see if we can sneak our way in there. But honestly, if you had told me that we were going to win seven, eight or nine games, you know, coming into this year, I would have been pretty happy about it just because of the progress shown from last year. But because of where we are now, if we only win seven games, that would be a pretty yep. disappointing ending to the year. So look, I hope we can win these next two, go nine and eight, put a winning season together for the first time in quite a while. Um, even in Detroit sports uh, in quite a while at this point. Um, but if we don't, and we go one and one or something like that, like it's, it shows progress. I'll take it, but uh, it would be really nice to sneak our way into the playoffs. And then you were saying you don't know who Minnesota would play and all that. If the Lions snuck in and, and Minnesota stayed the two, uh, yep. that, there's your matchup. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be pretty pretty exciting. We should have won the first game, and we won the second game pretty handedly. Um, so I'd feel pretty good going into that. So, uh, yeah, it, we'll see. Let's see what happens. Lions can only do what they can do. Um, Got to beat the Bears and, and go from there. So, yeah, it was sad. I was definitely very disappointed, but it wasn't the end of the world. There's still a chance to get in, but it's just too bad that we didn't get ourselves into that spot already. Yeah. Except the Packers, the rest of all the other teams went your way last, last week. That's the fortunate thing. Um, one, one last quick, quick note, cause I'm looking at the box score here. You mentioned the great game Jared Goff had, you forgot to mention he was their leading rusher in this game, Bobby. Oh yeah. That's the other thing is that they had no rushing attack. The Lions had no rushing attack. That's, that's been, um, a concern like even on our, in our winning streak in the beginning of the year, we were rushing the ball. Very well. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with Swift's health or lack thereof um, at this point because Jamal Williams is great in the red zone uh, and on the goal line, but hes I don't consider him an every down back, and that's what he's basically been. Um, and obviously something in the blocking hasn't been great since um, early in the year to, to get, you know, to control the game with the running. But the offense has worked and functioned without it being prolific. Uh, it's been fine like just okay and today it was or on saturday it was just bad um yeah. carolina does have a big defensive line let's just looking at them they are they're they have a good line I, I wasn't shocked that they were stuffing it but i didn't expect it to be yeah 45 yards and Goff having 15 and that being our leading rusher like <laughs> that should not happen yeah yeah so shitty shitty day for the lions luckily a couple other games went their way as far as playoff hopes go and we will go on to chicago like you guys said um, so I'll go through my game now and then we'll save Jays for last. Um, another early game on Saturday on Christmas Eve was the Chiefs hosting the Seahawks in Arrowhead. This was another very, very cold affair. I think it was in the single digits and felt like minus six at the game. Um, so going in, this is one that I was a little bit concerned about um, because the Seahawks have been decent most of this year. They were um, their 
they've been skating these last couple weeks and the Chiefs have been looking a little bit suspect against teams they should have been destroying these last couple weeks so they seem like a possible um another possible game that the Chiefs could conceivably have lost and luckily this did not go that way they had this game pretty well in command um they kept it out of reach for most of the game uh, Seahawks offense was just not doing much. They the only touchdown that they got was in garbage time late in the fourth quarter after the Chiefs had taken a, a twenty one point lead. So the Chiefs put it they put it away in the fourth quarter officially. But um, so like I said, this game was never really in reach for the Seahawks, but they kept it close enough that I was still getting a little bit antsy. Like if any if any of the usual Chiefs mistakes that have been happening this season had been made, then it could have totally swung momentum and the Seahawks would have been right back in it. Luckily, this didn't happen. And even though the Chiefs didn't have a great down offense, uh, it was still one of those games where, as we feel like we talk about all the time, you do just enough on offense and then your defense takes care of the rest, which is what happened here. Uh, the Seahawks offense did not have a good day. And the Chiefs offense, they didn't have to have a great day. Mahomes only had 224 yards through the air. Um, they didn't have a, they didn't have a super prolific prolific rushing attack. Pacheco only had 58 yards, so it wasn't a great offensive performance or display by the Chiefs. But it didn't need to be any, an, on this day because Seahawks offense was just not working at all. Um, so yeah, fortunate for us, we uh, go up to 12 and three. We're still tied for the Bills, but they have the tiebreaker over us for the top seed right now. Last couple weeks have to go the Chiefs' way. Chiefs have a favorable schedule. The Bills have a much tougher last two games by comparison. So still in good position for it, but that we need some help is, is the bottom line. Uh, they're doing their part right now in terms of the scoreboard and things in multiple ways have gotten even easier for the chiefs these next couple weeks. So they should be 14 and three at the end of the season. And ideally they'll have the one seed, but we'll see if any of that happens. You know, everyone was building into the Seattle hype for the beginning part of the season. And then as the season has gone on, it's pretty clear that like they definitely overperformed early on and now they're starting to fall back down to earth a little bit. And, you know, with the Jets and the Rams left, I think they they go one and one in that stretch. I mean, I don't think the Rams are a, a real like competitive football team, but um, you know the C- the Seahawks for what was supposed to be like a weird lost season that a lot of predict people were predicting them to be one of the worst teams in the league have turned out a season that has been okay and um, and you know all things considered, it's a pretty good season relative to their uh, you know the big off season move and where the Broncos are at and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this, the Seahawks are turning back into what a lot of people expected them to be. Um, they have what won one of their last six games um, after opening the season uh, with a winning record. So, you know, things are starting to fall back down to earth. We'll see if they end the season with a winning record. I doubt it. But, uh, yeah, that's my Seattle take is that they're becoming who we thought they would be. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, they, they had a season like the Lions and they, they both have the same record right now, which is kind of funny, but like they both had a good, I mean, they've had good draft picks fall in their lap because of those trades that they made. So they had the opportunity to go out and have a good season. They didn't have to tank because they had an extra draft pick in their back pocket, which have worked out well for both teams. So that's good for them. And we'll see what happens with that draft pick and we'll see what happens in the playoffs. I think Rams and Jets are both very winnable games for them, but the like, like we've been talking about that last year in the NFC is uh, anyone's anyone's ball game at this point. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But that was the Chiefs yep. and the Seahawks. Yeah, go Jets. Yeah, go Jets. Uh, last game we'll mention, uh, Jay. This is you. You had the Niners hosting the Commanders at Levi Stadium. Yeah, so Niners uh, hosting the Commanders at Levi's. Uh, funny enough, I was able to go to this game. A bit of a last minute decision. I actually wanted to <laughs> stay home and watch like the the sort of whole day unfold um but 
uh, some change of plans. I ended up going to the game and it was a good time. I mean, I think, um, you know, the Niners kind of took care of business against an opponent that uh, simply is not on their level. Uh, and I think that, you know, it was good to see a win where the Niners actually like put, put it together pretty well, but still frustrating because I think like the Niners had the chance to put the game away uh, and they didn't. And they, you know, they just like couldn't score on these turnovers that gave them the ball like deep in the opponent's territory. And in general, it was it was like a game where, you know, I wasn't really like worried about how it would go. I, like I wasn't expecting the commanders to come out and put on like an incredible performance. And basically, as the game progressed, Heineke turned more and more into a quarterback who has shown some flashes and is generally pretty bad from, you know, a quarterback that's kind of been leading some somewhat miracle wins and and the there was a clear clear difference between the commanders and the 49ers in the game and the 49ers defense like really picked it up in the second half and uh you know it was it, it's the first time in since october that they've given up more than 17 points and they gave up those last few points kind of at the end of the game when it was all pretty much sealed after the niners put together a lot of you know good performances in in especially in the defense um getting uh turnovers forcing turnovers and and then also the 49ers offense kind of doing enough which is which is kind of where the team's at in general is like the defense is going to start has has been and will continue to carry wins and then uh the offense comes out and does enough that they need to do um and and the other big takeaway from the game um from the game itself is that uh the emergence of George Kittle in the last couple of weeks so in the last few weeks George Kittle's really started to put it together um, and I think this is a combination of Debo Samuel being out and Kittle being a reliable person for Purdy to throw to. And, um, you know, he kind of stole a uh, touchdown from Ray Ray McLeod by being in the end zone when he wasn't supposed to be there. But, uh, you know, touchdown is a touchdown and uh, he he's the one who caught it. So that's that's who gets the points. Things are things are starting to gel at the right time. I think Purdy still looks good. This is the first game where it was a little bit more shaky. He threw a pick. Um, and it's kind of his first real bad pick. Um, and, and then, you know, the rest of the game kind of unfolded in a way where like those kind of mistakes got covered up by the defense playing really well. Uh, in terms of the game itself, like the atmosphere and things. So it's the fourth game of the season that I've been to, two at SoFi, one at Arrowhead, and then this one at Levi's. And it was definitely one of those where like the team would come home, they'd won the NFC West. We're not really playing for too much. Like, you know, we're trying to chase the the Vikings, but it's not like it's in our control to to see how that ends up. And we can't get worse than the three seeds. So uh, a bit more of a relaxed game than all the other games, especially because um, the first Niners game was a road game. The like, first Niners game I went to was at SoFi, so it was a road game. So there was a little bit more animosity and the season still hadn't really fully clicked, but that was kind of the coming out party for CMC. Uh, and then the game at Arrowhead, like I think Chiefs fans are much more engaged in the game and sort of much more invested in football in general. So that was a different atmosphere. And um, and then the Rams-Seahawks game, like um, I didn't have too much of a rooting interest, but it was like a close game and it stayed close throughout the game. And, you know, Geno Smith put together a comeback drive. So like those games all felt like they had more stakes. This was a little bit more relaxed. It's the day before Christmas. The vibes are, like I said at the top, like a little bit more cozy, a little bit more, you know, slow um and and it was fun i mean it was good to see the team and um it didn't have the best seats but had good enough seats so that i could see the whole game and so 
um yeah it was, it was a good atmosphere good the, it seems like the team's clicking at the right time and so we'll see how that progresses and you know i think a lot of people after this win are continuing to pull the 49ers more and more ahead and i think you know if you look at the nfc uh, especially with the eagles without jalen hurts and you know everyone assumes jalen hurts will come back at some point but you know the eagles without jalen hurts it's hard to see the 49ers not being one of the best teams in the nfc uh with with how they're playing right now yeah this one never never seemed like it was too much in doubt as far as the Niners were concerned and they've won was eight in a row now yeah uh no i think it's seven in a row uh, seven um, yeah it's like seven in a row and um the defense has been playing lights out in that stretch um yeah they uh yeah they had three games early and then they've won seven in a row and it's very possible with the no shot to Arcadia, but it's very possible that the with the Raiders and Cardinals left that they can win out the season and mm-hmm. end the season on a nine game win streak. Yeah, so that like we've been talking about as far as momentum late in the year, they're the hottest team in the league at the right time, and Purdy is still working for him. And they've beaten good teams in this stretch with him too. So yeah, they're in good shape going yeah. to the playoffs where they can get the two seed or even sneak into the one seed. Uh, we don't know. There's still possible. It's still possible that happens, but a lot has to go their way. But they're looking like one of the best teams in the entire league going into the playoffs uh, either way. Uh, so we'll see how these last couple weeks go just to solidify that. Yeah, and it helps when, you know, all your skill position players can lift up your quarterback and, you know, you push the talent load around instead of just like trying to concentrate it at the quarterback position, which is what I think is happening in the AFC with like, I think we named off like a bunch of the AFC quarterbacks that are that have secured a um playoff position um or like you know we talked about it earlier but it's like burrow and lamar and allen and mahomes and it's like all of these quarterback heavy teams whereas the niners are very much not a quarterback heavy team and i would argue like that's that the um vikings aren't a super quarterback heavy team either like kirk has been definitely leading them to some wins but it's dalvin cook and justin jefferson that really like make that team kind of work so yeah we'll see how it goes uh the remainder of the season. Yep. Uh, one more thing to mention about this game. Uh, Carson Wentz entered late, entered the game, and um, Ron Rivera has been non-committal on his starting quarterback for this week. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling that <laughs> Wentz is going to start. It, it's yeah. funny. They I don't know if that's advisable, announce... but we'll see. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. I don't think they announced the quarterback change in the stadium, so like nobody around me knew, and I was just like, I think Carson Wentz is in. Everyone was like, what? <laughs> and then like. Carson Wentz was in, and you know it was at that point in the game where it was like, ah, the Niners probably have this in the bag anyway, so who cares? But it's still funny. Yeah, yeah. So we'll monitor that as the Commanders trying to sneak in the playoffs these last couple weeks with maybe Carson Wentz in for Taylor Heineke now. Um, but that will do it for our games. And before we move on to second down, I'll briefly preview uh, what the playoffs are looking like right now. So in the AFC. The Bills are the one seed at 12 and 3. The Chiefs are the two seed, also at 12 and 3. Bills hold a head to head tiebreaker over them right now. Uh, Bengals are the three seed at 11 and 4, leading their division right now, but they have not clinched the division. They have clinched a playoff spot. Uh, Jaguars are currently 7 and 8, uh, and they're the four seed, leading the AFC South right now. Uh, as you said, that'll be officially determined in week 18 when they face the Titans again. At the five seed, the Ravens are 10 and 5, and they have locked up a playoff position. At the six seed, the Chargers are 9 and 6, and they have locked up a playoff position as well. At the seven seed, currently Miami at eight and seven. Uh, that has not been secured uh, in the hunt behind them. Patriots, Jets, Titans, and Steelers all at seven and eight. Uh, the Titans are mostly looking for that division win to get in now. Um, and the 
as we mentioned, the Raiders are still technically in at six and nine in the hunt, but it's very, very unlikely. They need everything to go their way these next couple weeks, but they are still not out yet. So that's how your AFC is looking right now. The NFC, the Eagles are the one seed at 13 and two. Um, they have not clinched their division or the one seed, but they are officially in the playoffs. Uh, the Vikings are the two seed at 12 and three. They have clinched their division. Uh, the Niners have clinched the, the NFC West and they're 11 and four right now. They're currently the three seed. Uh, Buccaneers are seven and eight, currently at the four seed, uh, but the NFC South is still wide open these next couple weeks. Uh, Cowboys have clinched a playoff spot; they're eleven and four at the five seed right now. Giants are eight and six and one, currently the six seed. Uh, the Commanders are seven and seven and one, currently the seventh seed. In the hunt, we have the Seahawks, the Lions, the Packers, all at seven and eight. The Panthers are six and nine, and the Saints are also six and nine. Those are the teams still alive in the NFC and the AFC as well. So. That is how the playoffs are looking right now. We have a lot of important games happening these last two weeks of the season, as we'll get into here in a little bit. But that will do it for first down, recapping all the happenings in week 16. That was a lot. But uh, as we get into the end of the season with all the playoff scenarios, it gets very complicated. So there's a lot to get through. We'll move on to the second down now, which is our news recap. And we'll start as usual with injuries. Big story was Tua, as I mentioned when we talked about the Dolphins game, he's in concussion protocol again. If he can't go, which we're hoping he can't for his sake, uh, Teddy Bridgewater will be in the game for him again. Uh, Will Disley for the Seahawks is going to be out for the season. Um, they've been using multiple tight ends uh, pretty pretty consistently, and so that's another blow to them. Uh, Tyler Lockett is still questionable on whether he'll be back this week with his hand injury. He had surgery on it last week, which they said went well, but he still might not be back quite in time for this week's game. Uh, Tony Pollard uh, with a thigh injury didn't practice today. He plays Thursday night against the Titans, and for the Titans, Derrick Henry also didn't practice today with a hip injury. Uh, so those two, those two uh, star running backs for their respective teams are both uh, still questionable for Thursday night. We'll see if they get healthy enough in time to play. Uh, right tackle Lane Johnson is out for the regular season with an abdominal injury. Still could return for the playoffs for the Eagles. They will obviously be in the playoffs, so there's a good chance of that happening. Uh, Christian Watson is day-to-day with a hip injury uh, for the Packers. He took a hit, I think, near the end of the first half, and he never came back in, and then they said he was questionable with a hip injury. But yeah, he's been one of Rodgers' favorite targets during this hot stretch that they've had, and him going out was a bit of a blow to them. But they had uh, people like Lazard and Mercedes Lewis somehow uh, pick up the slack for him in that game. So uh, so one major note as we get into the last couple weeks uh, into the playoffs, the Bengals' right tackle Lyle Collins is going to be out for the season. Uh, that's a big blow for them heading into the home stretch. I believe uh, Buck and Aikman last night said that that whole offensive line had played together the entire season for the Bengals after they had so many issues with it last year. And so that's going to be a big blow to them, and we'll see how heavily it affects them. But as someone who was a Chiefs fan in the 2020 season, the offensive line getting all unhealthy near the end of the playoff run uh, definitely hurt us, and it hurt the Bengals last year as well. So we'll see how big an effect that that has for them. So that'll do it for injuries. As far as other news, uh, one story that broke today, J.J. Watt announced that this will be his final season. He mentioned uh, in a post earlier that it was his last home game, so they've got two games left, and then presumably his career will be done after 12 seasons. One of the best defensive players of all time, and he would be maybe the best if he didn't get injured so much uh, throughout his career. But yeah, one of the greats, I think, even with even with all the injuries he's had, he's still one of the greats with his career. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easy Hall of Famer. Yeah, no question. No question. Uh, as far as the Colts go, more more drama with them. Um, Jeff Saturday said that he's going to be sticking with Nick Foles despite his three interception Why? performance against the Chargers. Uh, I keep mentioning uh, Buck and Aikman just because I enjoy listening to those guys. Just kind of when when something is really weird during the game, they'll just say it and they're like, "Your season's lost. This guy's not working out. Just put the rookie in there, see what he can do." Like, there's no there's no downside to it at this point in the season, really. 
just see if Ellinger might have something to offer before you go into the offseason and completely blow up the team. Like to me, there's no downside to that. Yeah. I mean, I think their quote unquote best option to win is probably still Matt Ryan, even though he's not yeah. good. Um, and then yeah. you have Ellinger. It's like there's there's zero reason to play Nick Foles right now. There's absolutely zero reason. Like Sam yeah. Ellinger, at least there's an argument, like you said, to maybe see if you have something. Um, and then Matt Ryan would give you the best chance to win. Nick Foles is just a guy. He's just someone different to put in there mm-hmm. because nothing's worked. Like yep. it, it, it doesn't make any sense, especially after this performance to be like, yeah, we're just going to put him out here again. Like, yeah, they threw him at the wall. He didn't stick and they're going to throw him again somehow. Yeah. So we'll see it. We'll see if it works for him. Uh, I don't have faith, but we will see if it works for him. Uh, the Jets will have Mike White back in at the starting role uh, this weekend against the Seahawks. Z- He's been injured the last couple of weeks. Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson as- will be inactive. Yep. Yeah, Zach Wilson will be inactive. I think they said Flacco will be suiting up as the backup for him. Yeah. So, yeah, quarterback carousel continues for them. But uh, judging by the performances by all involved this season, this seems like the best case for the Jets to win some games again at the end of the year. So we will see. Uh, last note, uh, probably the biggest uh, piece of news that we had. We'll mention this game finally. We've been... Skipping over it because it's a game between two bad teams. Um, but Christmas afternoon, uh, we had the Broncos and the Rams playing in SoFi. And uh, this game was, it was something else. I don't know how else to say it. Patrick Starr ruined Russell Wilson's career. Um, <laughs> he threw a pick because this is the Nickelodeon game. Russell threw a, pr- threw a pick and they had Bill Foggerbach in the booth like with a little uh, face capture thing over his, over his face and he was calling some plays and he called Russell Wilson's I believe second interception of the first half and uh, yeah that was the story of this game for the Broncos they lost let me find the final score here yeah and he said that's that's not how you're supposed to cook or something like that's that not yeah that's not what he wanted to cook. made a Russ cooking <laughs> joke yeah. which yeah. is great yeah, 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 on yeah. the Nickelodeon broadcast I thought the whole yeah. thing was pre-recorded yeah. up until that moment too yeah. no no, I no. Did. it was live like because yeah, yeah i, I learned it after moment, the fact but like, yeah as soon as I that was, moment happened i'm like oh this has to be live yeah i happened to be watching the nick feed of that game before like yep. as the moment was happening me too and uh he like they were interviewing patrick star and then they were like hey hey patrick you want to uh you want to take this play and patrick's like <laughs> sure i'll take the play and then like immediately russ throws uh to the defense and um you know, I think the best part about this game was that it was on Nick. Uh, if we want to talk mm-hmm. about this for a second, but yep, go uh, ahead. this is what the third season I think they're doing the Nick games. Yeah. Um, the last two seasons have been a playoff game usually, um, and I I'll imagine that they're going to do a playoff game again this year. But because this was on Christmas, they did a Christmas game on Nick, and um, it's it it is like such a refreshing way to watch football that is so like unserious and just kind of chill and, and and funny and like um you know a lot of people online are like oh it's like so made for kids it's like yeah it's it's for kids tv That's but point. it's still fun for the adults yeah um, it's, it's made for a scenario like this where it's two bad teams where yeah you know just give you an option to watch it that's going to be a lot more exciting than just a, a typical broadcast because if it was a like a, like the playoff games i don't know if i love that personally but like yeah. a game like this that's it's definitely what it's made for but yeah, even in the playoffs, think, it's still an alternative. At least they still have the regular feed, so it's not yeah. like that's it's not like that's the only yeah. version. I that like you can that watch. for the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me personally, if it's an exciting playoff game, at least then it's not one that I would. Oh prefer. yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I think in the yeah. playoffs it's fun to watch the highlights back because there's always like some gold moments that come out of the, um, you know, mm-hmm. the watching the oh, broadcast because they sure. they add like uh, like AR or like they add like graphics onto the screen of like 
um, you know, putting uh, slime in the end zone whenever someone scores a touchdown or like putting the faces of the characters in the end zone or, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, but I think the the best one of the best parts about this game is that they award an MVP trophy. Yeah. Uh, a uh, and the MVP trophy this time went to Baker Mayfield, and I think he joins God. like some. I think he joins Elite Company as well. Elite. It's Mitch Trubisky yeah. and yeah. someone from it was either someone on the Cowboys or the uh, Niners I, last year. It, that was that Dak? game. Now he lost, but also Trubisky lost, so I don't know. Let me look this up. Yeah. This is very important. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm Dak to Prescott won in 2022. Dak Prescott. Yeah. So we okay. had this so is the first time a so winner of the game winner. has won MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Dak oh, won it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Dak won it, and and Baker's won it, and Mitch Trubisky. What elite company? What 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 uh, an esteemed yeah. crew? Yeah, and and this game th- this game was also another sad pain. Uh, for me, because this was essentially Detroit versus Seattle as far as mm-hmm. playoff or as far as uh, um, the draft, draft pick goes. So, um, yeah, that didn't go too well. Uh, I was rooting for Denver, and it was seventeen nothing before I could even blink. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this was. If we want to talk about the actual game for just a yeah, we will. Second. And Wild. also, this was to lead into a new story, and we've been talking yeah, about, the, gonna, game, about the game for ten up. minutes too. <laughs> We're here, so we'll keep talking. Well, the, about game the game led to the news story. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the Rams won 51 to 14, naturally. Um, yeah. Russell Wilson, important note, he got one touchdown pass, so he is tied with bathrooms now at 12, I oh, think, no. on the year. Th- there are rumors that bathrooms may be able to pick up a pick up a bathroom here <laughs> late in the season with a, with late in the season recount of a additional unit at Re- a recount? the uh, at the at the. Did uh, someone drop a porta potty into the yard? Like what? What's yeah, what happened? On? Uh, apparently there's like an additional unit that's like a detached unit above the garage and people are debating whether that counts for the additional bathroom <laughs> yeah, is, there a, be... is there a toilet so we'll see yeah so, apparently there is there is, so then, is yeah. bathroom in there, i say so. that's officially a bathroom at least that's a half a, that's, it's at least yeah. half a bath so yeah we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see to 12. You know, 12 and a half yeah this yeah. is shaping yeah, we'll shaping up to so. be the most expensive uh bathroom touchdown pass recount of all time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This was an abysmal game for the Broncos. Rushed through three picks, and in spite of that touchdown, they only put up 14 points on the board. They put Brett Ripon in at a certain point because the game was so out of reach, and then he threw a pick six. Which, as someone who picked up the Rams defense for fantasy for this game, because I thought the Seahawks would do better against the Chiefs than they did, uh, this worked out well for me. Uh, the Rams. Let me see how many sacks they had. Uh, the Rams had six sacks and three interceptions. One of those going for a touchdown. And let me see and if there were any All fumbles. six of those sacks no were on Russ. Yeah, all six of those sacks were on Russ. Ripping through the pick six, but Russ got sacked six times and mm-hmm. picked three times. So, yeah, four interceptions total in the game, one of them going for a touchdown, and six sacks. Good good performance by the Rams defense, all things considered. Um, yeah, the offense didn't even have to do too much, but Cam Akers had a great game. Once, uh, 118, three touchdowns. He's helping his trade value each week now uh, in this late, this late season push that the Rams are making, even though they're obviously hopeless at, the, hopeless at this point. So that was the game. The aftermath was something that surprised me a little bit just because of how close we are to the end of the season. But the Broncos finally fired Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. It took him long enough. Um, this should have happened like six weeks ago, honestly, if not after week one, to be perfectly honest. We, but <laughs> After week one, we all thought, when is it happening? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. that was one of the worst coaching performances we've, we've seen. And then it happened again like a week or two later. Yeah, I think so. after they lost to the Panthers, which was, let's see, three, four weeks ago now, uh, four yeah. weeks ago now, I thought... He might get fired tomorrow, and it didn't happen, but it finally happened here. 
they they were nice enough to do it on December 26th and not fire him on Christmas yeah. Day. But right, yeah, this was a long time coming. I I thought at this point that they were just going to wait out the rest of the season, but they yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that was just such an embarrassment, and then also there was fighting on the sidelines. Like there was a lot of stuff going on that was just like embarrassing to watch, including the score of the game. So I think they were just like, okay, we need to cut ties now. Like we we cannot show that this is acceptable. So mm-hmm. I think that yeah. probably is why. And if that if this game, even if they lost this game and it wasn't this bad, I think he probably makes it to the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. interim coach for these last couple of games is the guy he hired to make his clock management decisions for him. I don't, I don't remember yep. the guy's name. Um, but yeah, that, that's the, that's the guy, the guy who had get hired to be the coach basically earlier in the year anyway. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. We'll evaluate the Broncos in this offseason. We'll see. They'll have to think long and hard about the direction of their team at this point. Um, Jerry Rossberg. Jerry Rossberg's the guy's name. There you go. Sure. Yeah, I did the not, Chiefs did are gonna. The name. Chiefs and Chargers are both gonna destroy him. It's gonna be hilarious. Um, so I remember what I said before the first game, the the first <laughs> Chiefs Broncos game. I'm confident the Chiefs are gonna fuck the, fucking destroy the Broncos here. I'm very confident in this now. Whether Russ plays or not, which I think is a bit of a debate. I don't know. I, I they haven't said he's Wait, not playing. I mean, point, but I mean, I you want to hear the Russ the quote? Shelf. Here's the Russ quote. Quote, the GM came out uh, in an interview and said, Russell Wilson is fixable. Imagine having to say that about <laughs> Russell Wilson. I can fix him. I can fix him. That's a great sign yeah. for any relationship. How the mighty have fallen I can on, fix him. Yeah. on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't believe the Broncos, like, is this the first year under that new ownership group? Because they're just like, just, just a dumpster fire on a dumpster fire over there. Um, yeah, I want to say they and, they bought the team like either right before the season started or as the season was happening. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. recent. And so I don't know. It's it's uh they're like one of the most like wealthy ownership groups, and and you know, yeah, rich people want their shit to work. Usually, um, they either don't care usually. at all or or they want it to work. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, We'll see what happens uh, in the offseason with this team because uh, it's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things to fix. And it's not just the yeah. quarterback position. Like, there's a no. lot of things that are just like, what is going on in this team? Yeah. Yeah. I, sh- I should mention, I was in Colorado over the Christmas weekend and was watching this game with my aunt, who is somewhere between a casual and a diehard Broncos fan, probably a healthy amount of uh, attachment to a football team, I would argue. And even she was like absolutely fed up. She's been fed up with this team this entire season and she didn't like the move to begin with. And actually seeing how a, seeing in real time how a Broncos fan reacted to watching the Broncos play was sad, but also hilarious as a Chiefs Especially fan. that game. Especially that game. And yeah, we, I had my dad flip to Nickelodeon at a certain point. I think it was when Jay said, Nick, flip to Nick. And I'm like, okay, I'll flip it to Nickelodeon. And then the first play I saw was that interception with Patrick commentating. <laughs> uh, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was an unforgettable game in all the worst ways if you're a Denver fan and all the best ways for everybody else who's a hater like me. So yeah, they'll reevaluate after this season and they will play the Chiefs this week, as we'll mention here in a little bit, but we're going a little bit long. So we'll move on finally that, uh, I believe that's all the news we have. Yep. Yep. So we'll move on to third down now, which is our fantasy recap. And, uh, this will be the last week. I think we can all recap fantasy games. Um, because the this coming week is going to be the finals, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, but first, we'll talk about how we did in our matchups. So I'll throw it over to Jay and Arcadio first. You guys were in Constellation Games. Did you care? Did you try and set your lineups at all? 
I mean, I set my lineup. I didn't really care, but I did score exactly 100 points, no decimal. Oh, I saw nothing, that, yeah. So that, that was pretty sweet. That was pretty sweet. And you got the W, didn't you? You did, yeah. You were close. You beat Carlos by less than four points, but you got the W, even though Justin Herbert did not have a good fantasy game, which I feel like he's just not doing well fantasy-wise this season. He's just not throwing touchdowns at the level he has been. It's a lot of Eckler, which luckily you also have him. Didn't really mention it in the recap for uh, the Colts-Chargers game, but the the Charter, Chargers just haven't really been able to throw the ball downfield like at all this season. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the receivers have been hurt. And they're just now like all getting together, but even still, like I, I did, the the way this offense is called, you'd think that they had some bum of a quarterback, but no, it's like you you have one of the best arm talents in the league, and Justin Herbert, like uh, I don't Brian know, Steeler they're winning bad. games, so they're just gonna keep doing what they're doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, they they don't run the ball that well either. Eckler gets a lot of goal line touchdowns, but in terms of actual volume for rushing, they're not very good as far as that goes either. Yeah, they're so, like, I want to say 31st or 32nd in the league yeah, in rushing. I think the, Buc- I think the Bucks are still the worst, but yeah, they're not that far behind. Um, they're very reliant on Herbert and, and that passing attack, but it's a lot of quick passes like he and relying on yards after the catch and everything. So they've got clear holes in that team. But uh, overall, as far as fantasy goes, you did end up getting the victory, which was what we were talking about. Um, yeah, so Jay, how'd you do? Uh, last game of the season for me in our league and, uh, got the win. So, uh, just look at that. I'm one and oh, uh, if you look at the first game of the season, I'm one and oh, and therefore I must have won all the other games in the season. That's the mm-hmm. only way that could have happened. Sounds um, right. yeah, but yeah, Sound no, logic. uh, season's wrapped up. I'm happy that it's over. So I don't have to keep looking at my disappointment <laughs> of a fantasy team and, uh, time to go, uh, flush this one away. And it's, uh, on to August or whenever we're going to draft again. Yep. All right, Bobby, it's it's time for us now. We were in the semifinals, right. not facing each we other. Were, we were in separate yeah. matchups. Uh, you were the two seed playing. Colin was the three seed. You can talk about your matchup first if you want. All right. Well, I didn't feel great going in because obviously um, injuries happened at the worst time for me this year. Uh, at least Jalen Hurts, who has been my you know star quarterback for, for the year uh, and definitely one of my most consistent and high-scoring fantasy players, uh, was out. Um, I had to pick a backup and I went with uh, Brock Purdy, um, just because I figured he would at least be consistent. Um, and he, he was, and he was fine. He got me 16 points, which, you know, all things considered is about what I expected from him. Uh, but look, I, Colin's got a great team, um, and he puts up a lot of points. So I knew, look, my guys needed to perform and, uh, they did okay. And it came down to some late games. Um, what it essentially came down to was, uh, I had Mike Evans left, uh, Colin had, um, James Conner and then the next night Keenan Allen. Uh, and if Mike Evans could hold off James Conner, I would at least have a chance and make that last game on Monday night exciting to, to see if, if Keenan Allen could be held below whatever it was going to be. Well, instead, uh, Mike Evans and Tom Brady have zero chemistry and he got me 5.9 points, most of that coming on like the last drive or so. Um, and James Conner scored a, a late, late-ish touchdown and also just kind of had a good game overall. He had 25. So going into that last game, I needed Keenan Allen to score under like two points, basically. Uh, so uh, that obviously did not happen. Uh, and my season, which was, you know, for most of the year, very, very good, uh, led the 
league in points for most of it and or for all of it really other than the very beginning um and you know was the two seed in here just it en- ended after after having a bye last week on my bye I would have put up 164 points and then this week I put up 120 and it's just it's just fantasy it happens but unfortunately with the timing um with Hertz going down uh really killed me um also earlier in the year Ertz going down put me at kind of a struggle at tight end which I was kind of rotating through um this week I played Juwan Johnson from New Orleans just because he had been getting some work uh, and he only got me 1.9 um so even if I had played anyone who I was even considering to play on my bench I still would have lost so it's not like I felt like I made a, a super poor decision or anything like that it just kind of worked out how it did Callan put up 139 points had a good good game um so you know Good luck, Nick. Uh, we'll see. You can let us know how, how you did here, but uh, Colin made it into the finals, and then you can tell us how you did in your matchup. Yeah, spoiler alert, bro. Um, so I played JB, who was the one seed. He was 12-2 and two on the regular season, and he had to buy it like Bobby did. Um, on paper, he had a better team than me. I've felt like my team just, when I look at them, it looks really weak to me, and they have this entire season. Like, other than Travis Kelsey, I don't have anybody who I'm really confident in to be super consistent. And early in the season, it was because the Bengals were struggling because I have Joe Mixon and T. Higgins, and um, they've been a little inconsistent, uh, but once the Bengals got hot, those guys have been pretty good. And they had a good performance this week, uh, Higgins with 27, basically, and Mixon with 18. And Travis Kelsey had 17. Most of those came on a couple big catches in the fourth quarter, and he almost got in for a touchdown. Um, Mixon and David Montgomery on my team uh, both had touchdowns called back, which could have really turned the tide in my favor. And Kelsey got stopped just short of the goal line, like I said. Um, so I had a lot of guys who actually did pretty well this week. And the the projections from Yahoo were going back and forth for JB and I throughout this entire matchup because he had some guys that went off. He had Dak who, who had 28 points. He had uh, Saquon who had 27. Um, those were the two guys, the two big performances he had. I had the Rams defense, who was my last performance, and they ended up really shifting things in my favor. Um, but yeah, it was back and forth pretty much at every slate of games. The odds kept shifting in either of our favor. The big thing that really swung it for me before the Rams defense was Devontae Adams only putting up three and a half for JB. That was the big thing for me. He just didn't he didn't catch. I think he had two catches for 15, so he just didn't do much. They tried target, targeting him a couple times on the last drive, but it just didn't work. And that was the big thing for me. And the Rams defense doing so well was as well. Uh, the last ditch effort he had was Rashad White for the Bucks, who put up, let's see, 15. Um, so if I had kept the Chiefs defense in, who I had had before then, let's see, I would have won by four points, a little less than four points. Um, so it would have been very close if I had kept the Chiefs in. I would have been very worried during that Sunday night game. But luckily... It, he needed a huge game from Rashad White to actually give him the win, and the Bucks offense is just incapable of that. So I pulled out the W. I was not expecting it going in, but I had a lot of things go in my favor throughout throughout this weekend. So I am, as Bobby alluded to, moving on to the finals, which I definitely did not expect at any point in this year, um, but I've been overperforming at the right time the last couple weeks of the season. So I'm excited that I'm getting into the finals, and I'm going to get some money. Hopefully I get all the money, or at least the winner's share of the money um, as I win the league this weekend, hopefully. Um, but I'm a little bit afraid of Collins' team. I'm not as nervous as I could be because he has Burrow as a quarterback, and I have Higgins and Mixon and probably Tyler Boyd all starting for me. So a lot of a lot of Burrow's production is going to go directly to those guys, which will end up nullifying him ultimately. Um, and he won't uh, he won't end up profiting points as far as as far as that's concerned from his quarterback. So 
early preview, that matchup, that aspect of the matchup looks good for me. Stuff I'm less confident in, I have Kirk Cousins going against the Packers, which Vikings-Packers doesn't sound like a super high-scoring game to me, uh, but we'll see. Hopefully it is, and hopefully Kirk has to throw a lot, um, and that'll work in my favor. Um, he's got Josh Jacobs, who has always huge boom potential, but he's against the uh, Niners this weekend, so I hope the Niners defense holds him in check. I hope Hawkinson um, doesn't have the huge game like he had this past weekend, because Colin has him. So I hope Kirk throws a lot to Jefferson and no one else. That's that's my hope. So on paper, this matchup is pretty close projection-wise right now with the lineups we currently have. I don't think I'm going to change mine around, really, from what it's currently set at. I got the Chiefs defense back in because they're against the Broncos who have totally fallen apart. Um, so we'll see. I need a couple guys to step up that were absent last week, like Miles Sanders and Christian Kirk. I hope they have good games. And I need some luck. I need Keen Allen to have a down game after the game he just had. And I need some guys to be held in check on Collins' side. But matchup-wise, it's looking pretty close. I still am not going to expect to win, so I don't get disappointed if it doesn't go that way. But matchup with Colin uh, feels better than a matchup with you would have felt to me, Bobby. That's that's what I can say. Yeah, it would have been pretty exciting to have us uh, in the finals for sure. It would have. Um, I, I wanted matchup, it to go that way. I was openly yeah, rooting for it, it you. It would have been. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is how it is. Uh, even no matter how the regular season goes in fantasy, you can you can never be too confident going into the playoffs because anything can happen. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it seems to happen a lot. The you know, it, like I said, injuries happen at the wrong time or just players don't perform. And you know, it's not like I didn't put up any points, but still, I guess, I guess I'll root for you in the finals. You guess, yeah, I guess. Yeah, an all-pod matchup would have been nice. If all of us got in the playoffs, that would have also been nice. Hopefully next year it goes that way. But next week, we'll be back for our final fantasy recap of the season. I will let you know if I... Yeah, final fantasy, yeah. Uh, I'll let you know if I won the whole damn league. Hopefully I come bearing good news next week. Um, So I'm going to go into the best performances of this week. And I'll just say right now, uh, for any of our guys here on the show who write the rundown, if instead of noble performances from the week, if we want to do like top five at each position and uh, for next season and then some of the biggest overall disappointments for the season, for this segment, we can maybe do that because that'll be our last fantasy discussion of the season. Just an idea. Okay, so as far as this week went at wide receiver, C.D. Lamb had 34, Devontae Smith had 31, Justin Jefferson also had 31. Uh, tight end T.J. Hawkinson had a huge game. He had 36. Tyler Higby for the Rams had 30. Yeah. Uh, 30 I forgot to mention that Colin had Hawkinson, so just add another... Yep. You know, former lion killing me in the playoffs because of a trade, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hawkinson had a huge game. Uh, Higby had over 30. And uh, Kittle also had 30. As Jay mentioned earlier, Kittle's been, uh, especially since Purdy's come in, Kittle has become a much bigger part of that offense. And he's looking like he looked like a couple years ago when everyone was comparing him to Kelsey as the top two tight ends in the league. Um, Shane Zilster for the Lions, we should mention, he had all of Goff's touchdowns, didn't he? He did. I forgot to mention that that during the game, but uh, someone who has barely caught a pass this year, uh, Zilstra, yeah, he had all three touchdowns, <laughs> which was okay. bizarre. But um, yeah, yeah, not someone Just, probably anybody had on their fantasy team, but he had twenty five no. and a half. Um, at running back, Cam Akers had a huge game with the three touchdowns. He had thirty five. Saquon had twenty seven. Fournette had twenty five. That's probably his best performance of the year, I'm sure. Um, because he has had a struggle this season. And James Conner also had 25 against Bobby, sadly. That quarterback, Dak had 28, Jared Goff had 26, and Kirk Cousins for me had 24. He had a good game against the Giants. Uh Busts, Adam Thielen had a point and a half. Devontae Adams had three and a half. Great news for me. Um Stefan Diggs had four and a half. I feel like he's very boomer bust this season. I feel like I'm hearing about a lot of Stefan Diggs down games this year compared to usual. And Mike Evans had six. 
Uh, tight end Jawan Johnson, another guy Bobby started, had two points. Uh, David Njoku had three and a half, and Mark Andrews had seven and a half. He was against me, so I'm glad that he did not get in the end zone. Running back Ramondre Stevenson had three and a half. That fumble did not help matters. Jamal Williams had three and a half, and, and DeAndre Swift both had three and a half because the Lions rushing attack was struggling, as we talked about earlier. Uh, Raheem Mostert also had five. That was one thing that did go in Bobby's favor, but it was not enough, unfortunately. Uh, at quarterback, Nick Foles, uh, this note says we all scored higher than him. What does that mean? We did. He had negative points. Oh, okay. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Um, okay. I got so confused for a second there. Um, so at quarterback, Nick Foles had negative points. Uh, Zach Wilson, who had barely over, uh, he had barely had positive points. And Justin Herbert, who had five and a half, which obviously is less than you would expect from Justin Herbert, but they're, they didn't have a great offensive performance and those touchdowns went to Eckler in that game. So those are your fancy booms and busts. It sounds like we'll be doing best overall seasons next week for this last fantasy recap. So we'll be back for that next week, but that will do it for third down. We can move on now to fourth down, previewing next week's matchups, and we'll start with the primetime stuff, of course. So Thursday night, as we mentioned earlier, we have the Cowboys at the Titans. Cowboys are uh, favored minus 10.5, over under a 40.5 for this game. The Titans offense, especially with Malik Wilson there, is not great. They're very, very Derrick Henry reliant. And his Cowboys defense has been struggling these past couple weeks, but I think this will be probably a get-right game for that defense. It should be, at least. Is there is there I, Henry if he play? Uh, we're not sure yet. I think he's questionable. Same I mean, with Tony Pollard. Yeah, same with Tony Pollard. As yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like he could earlier. be an adequate Tony Pollard replacement for, for a game like this. Um, though they, mm-hmm. Ray Bull does bring out a good defense. I, mean, I just think the Cowboys offense is going to... like. Even if you bring up the good defense, I think the Cowboys offense still puts up more points than, than the Malik Willis-led offense against Michael Parsons. For sure. Yeah. So I think I'll take yeah. the Cowboys in this one. Also, I will also take the Cowboys. Yeah, I will also take the Cowboys. I, I also think there's a good chance to me that if Henry is, like he would usually play, but you know is a little banged up, then they'll sit him because this game doesn't really mean anything for the Titans. It it all comes down to the next week. So yeah, um, I think there's a pretty good chance they probably they rest him. So even with that alone, like even with with Malik Willis in there at quarterback and Henry in there, I think it would be a blowout. I think it would be it's not even a watchable game if Henry doesn't play. Yeah, I have a very hard time seeing the Titans win this one. Picking yeah. the Cowboys. So we're all picking the Cowboys for Thursday night. Moving on to Sunday night, this game got flexed into that position. It's the Steelers at the Ravens. Ravens have secured a playoff berth. Like we said, Steelers are fighting for it. Baltimore favored minus three over under of 36. Um, I don't know if that if Vegas is predicting Lamar Jackson will be playing this game. But as we talked a little bit before we recorded, that's the main contributing factor into what team I would pick for this game is if Lamar is playing. And we still don't have anything concrete about that yet. So I don't know how I'm leaning on this one. You guys can take it first. Yeah, I mean, even if Lamar Jackson plays, I think the Steelers are kind of coming on a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of inclined to take the Steelers. I think, yeah, I think especially if Lamar doesn't play, I'm definitely going with the Steelers for this one. First game, the Ravens won 16-14 to a couple weeks ago without Lamar. Um, and I think the Steelers have made some improvements since then. And the Ravens are just kind of what the Ravens are. So I think I'm going to go with the Steelers as well, and I'm 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 less I'm less confident than you would be if or more confident than you would be that Lamar would be the difference maker if he played in this game. I think, but either way, I'm going to go with the Steelers officially. Yeah. Um. Look, this game I think is going to be pretty ugly. Um. Especially yeah. if if Lamar doesn't play. Uh. 
the Steelers, I mean, you say they're coming on. I mean, their offense is still pretty awful. I'm not going to count Tomlin out. I think that he can, you know, get his winning season possibly. But I think even though it may be interesting as far as the picks go to uh, um, with my lead, I think I'm going to go with what I initially put, which is the Ravens. I think they're going to pull this one out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough to see how this one goes. I will I think I'll roll with the crowd here and take the Steelers just uh in you know, I think we talked about it earlier, but the Steelers defense actually is pretty good with Minka and TJ and stuff and, and as much as the Ravens offense has been good, the Ravens kind of been weird all year. Like they're yeah. winning, um but they're like I don't know, the 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 vibes are not it. Uh um which is a very Jay expression if there ever was one but yeah i'll take i'll take the steelers on this one and so uh you know either bobby continues to pull away in his lead and or the boys get one back on him so we'll accept, we shall yeah. see what happens it'll make it exciting the most exciting game on the slate by far monday night they finally have a good monday night football game uh it's the bengals hosting the bills this monday night oh boy i don't know what to say about this one if the Bengals beat the Bills, does that make the Bengals the two seed and then the Chiefs the one seed? Yeah. yeah. So they would need the Chiefs to lose. I think they'd need the Chiefs to lose again for the Bengals yeah. to slip into the one seed. If the if the Chiefs win and the Bengals win, the Bengals are the two seed, the Chiefs are the one seed, and the Bills would be the three seed. But Bengals win and Chiefs loss makes the Bengals the one seed. Um, and then they would control their destiny that way uh, from that point forward. But conceivably, if that happened and thinking week 18, all three teams would be in contention still for the one seed. They'd be the one through three seed if the Bengals won this game. That's assuming the Chiefs lose as well. So against the Broncos. But yeah, that's how the math works out right now. As far as the matchup goes, it just depends on how good Buffalo's defense is really against against this Bengals offense. Buffalo has a good defense. Um, they had a really good defense early in the year, but losing Von Miller, I think, hurt them, and they've fallen off a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Um, depends on how good their defense holds up and how many mistakes Josh Allen makes, really, because I think the Bengals will get their shots. They won't be as dominant on offense as they've been during this hot streak, but if they get enough shots and they get a couple mistakes made by the Bills' offense, I think the Bengals can take this game, and I think I'm going to pick them to do so. All right, I think I'll pick the other side. I'll take the Bills mostly because I think Allen is still a bit better than uh, Allen's still a bit better than uh, than Burrow, and I think the loss of their right tackle makes their offensive line a little bit weaker. So if the Bills' defense shows up, you know, no Von Miller, but I still think the Bills' defense can be pretty good, and I think like you know, Bills. I would hope we're pretty invested in maintaining that one seed. And so it's not like any team in this doesn't have, you know, full out stakes here. And so we shall see how it goes, but uh, I'll take the bills. I think, uh, you know, pick the bills in the beginning of the season, they've been up and down, but they're still pretty good. And I think um, another part of the game also is uh, McDermott versus Zach Taylor. And so uh, Sean McDermott significantly better than Zach Taylor. I don't think there's much debate there. So um, we'll see how it goes. I was 50-50 on this game. I had it as I usually pick these before the pod and have them written down. And this one I still had as a question mark. Um, I think I was leaning this way anyways, but especially with the way Jay went, because I already do have a risky pick with the Ravens uh, being all alone there. I'm not going to let this flip so that Jay can take the lead. Um, <laughs> so a little bit of strategy here, but I'm going Buffalo. I think that's probably where I would have gone anyways, but I, I'm excited just to watch this game. Uh, it should mm-hmm. be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick mentioned 
the Bills defense, and I kind of disagree with his assessment. Um, I think the numbers support that the Bills have been a lot better in the last several weeks on defense, especially in the back end. While, like, yeah, they lost some pass rush with Von Miller, but since getting Tredavious White back, they've been really good in the back end. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game. I'm taking the Bills, and the Bengals losing their right tackle is also a big factor. So, yeah, I'm taking the Bills. Hopefully Josh Allen doesn't make one of his boneheaded mistakes like he's been doing this whole season. But, yeah, stick with the crowd, take the Bills, and hopefully edge a little bit closer to the lead after this week. He loves edging, folks. He loves edging. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I have two picks against the crowd. This is how I make up ground, folks, even though I – like, I was not the last person to make these picks. This was not my intent was to be against the crowd like this. But that's what's happening. So that's our primetime preview. Oh, for the record, Bills are one and a half point favorites with an over under 49 and a half. Vegas thinks this will be a high scoring affair. And I certainly hope it is because I'll have three Bengals on uh, probably starting on my fantasy team. So all the points from them would be wonderful. So looking elsewhere in the league, we'll go to what our teams are up to. So Bobby, the Lions are hosting the Bears. Lions are six point favorites uh, over under 52 to i don't know if i call the bears a high-powered offense but they finally figured some things out on offense and it's justin fields so it just depends on how well the lines can stop him yeah i think it really comes down to that um i look the the lions need a bounce back game and i think this is a good one uh mm-hmm. coming back home to play a team you've already beaten once um to kind of get this winning uh the winning ways going that kind of was the game that kick-started it um and playing back at home I think the offense is going to look a lot better uh, and hopefully the the run defense can at least hold Justin Fields a little bit. I'm, you know, I can never say, especially with the Lions, like I'm expecting to win this game, but I am kind of expecting to win this, to put it all on that Green Bay game. So uh, mm-hmm. we need to bounce back. Let's see if the D can, can hold up. Uh, and um, I think we can win this by at least a touchdown. Yeah. If, if, uh, there was ever a time for Hutchinson to make a big statement late in the year. Yeah. Um, and he did. Time. He made, he made, he made a, some great plays the last time we played the bears. So hopefully he can do the same thing. Yeah. We would be remiss if I did not mention that Bobby set the cap at three wins for the bears this year. I did. Bears are still at three wins. It would be sweet revenge for the bears. If they got their fourth win and knocked the lions out of left contention. You just want swoop. more pain, like all the pain. I, I'm not saying I want this. I'm just saying it would be ironic. You're, you're, I'd still you're be sad you for you. Hey, 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 no, hey, no, the, no, 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 no. Let the bears, the, the bears can lose this week. They can win week 18 against the Vikings. Against the Vikings. Everyone will be happy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Everyone can be happy. I'm just saying it would be ironic. That's all I'm saying. I still support my friend. So I want the lions to win this. Sure. Year. Nick. Sure, Nick. I still support my friend, just like you support me in fantasy. Um, uh, so as far as Jay goes, the Niners are at uh, Las Vegas playing the Raiders this weekend. Uh, current line, Niners are six-point favorites over under 45. I feel like they're putting a lot of faith in the Raiders to do well against the Niners defense there. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the uh, one of the last pod matchups of the year, and a pod matchup that'll only happen once every eight seasons or four seasons or whatever the, however that works out. Um, yeah. Once every four seasons, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's like the, this is one of those games where if the North 49ers drop this game, will I be upset mm, a little bit because it's like, there is some like former Bay area rivalry. I know the Raiders are gone now, but like, you know, that, that's still kind of, 
the Bruns a little bit in the Bay Area in terms of 49ers and Raiders rivalries, like former geographical rivalry. I mean, I think it's like it's a game where the Niners should take care of business. I think, you know, uh, 49ers defense is very good and the Raiders offense has been shown to be inept at times. Um, and, you know, it's 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 it should be a game where the 49ers get this one pretty handedly. I also think that the 49ers offense is better than the Raiders defense um, in the way that like Shanahan scheme plays open in a Raiders defense that has some holes in it. So we'll see. Um, then Arcadio, your thoughts on the other end of this game? Oh yeah, I have absolutely no no hope for the Raiders for this game. Um, <laughs> I didn't mention it in the recap, but uh, the Raiders also probably lost Chandler Jones and Denzel Perryman for the season. So oh, that just no. ma- that that'll just make things even easier for the 49ers to move up and down the field on them. Um, I think the Raiders will move the ball a little bit better than the last game. I would hope because uh, not, they're in the dome. Obviously, they're in Vegas, so the the weather's not going to be a factor. But I don't even like like I said I don't even know if Derek Carr is even going to be starting this game. So yeah, it's it, it very very bad vibes for the Raiders, and I fully expect the Forty ers to do what they've been doing the last what seven weeks and just completely take over. Yeah, I think it's a it's another prime game for the Niners defense to just go out there and shut down an offense, and then Brock Purdy puts up like twenty points, and then it's over. I would love that because Josh Jacobs is against me in the finals. So I want that to happen. I want ex- that exact thing to happen. Let's hope it does. Um, okay, so last game is my game. It's the Chiefs. They're at home this time against the Broncos. Currently favored my 13 and a half with an over under of 45. I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Broncos, and I don't think it'll matter. I hope the Chiefs defense feasts on the Broncos in this game. Hope they get some turnover or some takeaways and hope they get at least a defensive touchdown out of the whole deal. That's what I really want because I'll have their defense going in fantasy. Um, Chiefs should win, should absolutely win this one. They should absolutely destroy them in this one. And I am much more confident in it happening now than it was last time, which just means the Broncos are going to actually get the W this time somehow, inexplicably. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's it's one of those where you go into the, like, it's the week, like, 12 to 15 matchups that you're like, oh, this could go either way. But the week, like, 16 to 18 matchups, you're like, no. Like, the, the, our, the team is just simply too good. There is no reason to expect the Chiefs will do anything but dominate this game. Yeah. I, but but it, it's also... There's no way. Like, there, there, there is there a should way, be there's no way. No way. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I can't... Li- I, I just can't let myself get disappointed. But, yeah. I mean, we'll see. But this is the most confident I've been in the game in a little, in a little while for the Chiefs. So, hopefully, that confidence is not misplaced. But... Uh, before we get out of here, let's go over other major games happening this weekend. Uh, Dolphins at the Patriots, two teams, one's eight and seven, the other seven and eight, both very much alive for that last seed in the AFC. Patriots are favored. I think they were actually favored even before the two and news came out, but um, especially now they're favored. They're minus two and a half favorites right now. Their offense is not great, but I don't, I mean, the Dolphins will still have all their weapons except Tua. So if Teddy can just get some throws on target, then those. I mean, Hill and Waddle should be able to both hopefully feast, although Belichick, I'm sure, will have some game playing to uh, neutralize at least one of those guys. Yeah, I'm. if if Tua doesn't play, I think the Patriots will win this game. I do, too. I don't think I do. it'll I be mean, a dominant victory for him, but I still mm-hmm. think I'll give him the edge if he doesn't play. Yeah, that's where I was going with it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think Bridgewater, like, the Patriots' defense is, like, surprisingly bad, and also the Patriots as a, like, as a team are 
surprisingly dysfunctional right now. But yeah. uh, it's in Foxborough late in the season. Uh, you, I wouldn't like you don't bet against Bill Belichick, and especially not with the weather the way it's going to be, and also the Dolphins kind of falling apart. I think the Patriots can probably pull this one off, but it should be a fun game regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, an AFC NFC matchup. The Jets are playing the Seahawks this weekend. Both teams are seven and eight right now, fighting for that last playoff spot. Uh, Jets favored minus two with Mike White in over under 42 for the game. I don't know how to feel about this one. The Jets defense is pretty good, and the Seahawks have been sputtering a little bit, but I still don't feel confident in picking the Jets to win a game right now. Yeah, with even, with, even without Zach Wilson in there. Right. I mean, I know where I'll be rooting for this game mm-hmm. because for the Lions, I need the Jets to win. Yeah. Uh, or at least not need, but it would be very helpful to get one of those out of the way. Um, but, I mean, with Mike White in there, it's at least a competent offense. And uh, the defense, the Jets defense is good. Like, it, there's no doubt about it. It's a good defense. And, the, and Seattle's been struggling. So I can see this one going either way. I think it'll be probably like a 20 to 17 type of game, something in that mm-hmm. range. So, um, I, I honestly, yeah. it's, it's kind I wonder of, how, it's a 50, 50. Yeah. I wonder how Mike white does in, in Lumen field. And also I wonder how the Seattle fan base is, uh, going to show up this weekend. I mean, I assume they're still fighting for that playoff spot, so I'm sure they're still invested, but I think the jets could pull this one off, but again, it's going to be hopefully another good one, another close one. So, yeah. So what's not going to be a good one is the Panthers at the Buccaneers. Uh, Bucks are favored minus three right now, over under thirty nine. They're set, setting that bar real low for that game. I believe the Bucks win and they and they have the NFC South. I think that's all they need is a win in these last two weeks. Um, but as you mentioned, the Panthers control their own destiny. So if they win out, they win the division. Panthers have have gotten hot at the right time, but I don't know. I can't actually realistically see them winning this division. Like it's hard to it's hard to see Brady kind of falling apart i mean he fell apart to the panthers once already so maybe it's not that hard to see but yeah against um, pj walker earlier in the year they got but, sam darnold this time though yeah they do i mean that's, that's i don't even know what to say about this game it'll be ugly the bucks will probably win a close ugly game is, is what this in the morning about. slate because this is just going to be something i just experienced my arrest zone probably well actually probably yeah, I, I think so yeah let me see yep it is in the morning Their games slate, usually yeah. are yeah. Yeah. Neither of them are on the West Coast, so makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah I, I don't really have any thoughts except it's going to be ugly either way. It's going to be, I think both teams are going to score under 20 points, just like most Tampa games this year, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Brady probably pulls out a close win at the end. So that's probably yep. where it's going to go. I don't think they're going to, that the Panthers are going to gash Tampa uh, in the rushing game like they did with the Lions. So um, they need yep. to put some type of offense together other than that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, last... I, I think I think you guys are kind of underestimating the Panthers a little bit in this game. You got Look, Steve Wilkes. It would be They've looked pretty good with Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean they're they are they. I think they are putting it together. They're, I think like their run game is like pretty underrated with uh, Foreman and Blackshear. Is that Chuba Hubbard? Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, like there's a there's a good amount of run no. game happening there and. I'm just bitter against uh, them, so I'm just yeah. going to pick them. Oh, up. yeah, he is. Yeah, but, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you, it's hard to bet against Tom, but yeah, the Panthers could easily pull this one off. I think it would be crazy if the Panthers, with the kind of crazy season they've had, make it into the playoffs. I think they also get wrecked in the first round, but, you know, uh-huh. that's just that's just what that, like, 
Dallas has got that easy win chalked up for him, no matter who shows up, I think. Mm-hmm. It would be fun. I don't expect it at all, but we will see. Uh, last game to mention is the Vikings at the Packers. The Vikings have the division locked up already, uh, still fighting possibly for the one seed. Packers are fighting to stay alive and get in the playoffs as the seventh seed. Packers are favored right now, minus three or three and a half, depending on where you look. Momentum's kind of in the Packers' favor um, right now, at least, and they they got soundly defeated by the, the, the Vikings in week one. That was the only two-possession victory the Vikings have had all season was the against the Packers week one. But the Packers are kind of a different team now, at least somewhat a different team now. I think this will be much closer, but it's also the Vikings, and it's a close. And if it's a close game, that kind of goes in their favor a lot of the time. Again, I Bobby know wants I'm, the Vikings dub here. Yeah, yeah. again, I'm, you know where I'm rooting. <laughs> um, but mo- momentum says that the Packers are going to win this game, but uh, the Vikings just pull out wins even when like against teams you don't expect them to, and they also mm-hmm. pull out crazy wins against teams you expect them to beat. So they're a weird team. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say they're going to pull out another close win uh, and Rodgers is going to be uh, unhappy and maybe sit out that last game. Good. Noted Vikings fan, Bobby Mitchell. Yes. <laughs> right now. Yes. He's always a Vikings fan. Um, yeah. For your, for your sake, I do. I do actually want the lions to make the playoffs. So yes, I nah, want the Vikings go to pack. Go. Well. Gotta get, gotta mm-hmm. get this. Uh, fuck you, Jay. Yeah. Fuck you, Jay. uh but no i mean i think i think it'll be pretty surprising if the the vikings lose i think like that will be a testament to uh like the vikings maybe being a little fraudulent we shall see Um, we shall see but but i think it will be a good game i i don't i if i was a betting man i would i would take the i would take the viking points all day like especially if the vikings are have three and a half points because the Vikings win one possession games. And so that's like a, that's a, that's even more than a one possession game to, to get the Vikings at three and a half points. So definitely, definitely take the Vikings plus three and a half if that's what the line is for the Vikings. But as far as how I think the game will go, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers does Aaron Rodgers things. Um, We'll see how much Christian, Christian Watson being out hurts him. But I guess the emergence of Mercedes Lewis, is a thing <laughs> deep deep know. threat mercedes deep lewis threat. yeah deep threat mercedes lewis i don't know man <laughs> anyone's a deep threat against that vikings defense right now yeah we shall see that, that'll be an interesting one but yeah that will do it i'm looking at the rest of the slate i mean most of these games do have playoff implications for at least one team involved um but we mentioned all the most important ones i think there's a lot of teams that are already in that are that are playing in somewhat meaningless games this weekend but yeah that will do it for yeah. our recap of week 16 and our preview of week 17. So a lot of important games for, um, at least for uh, for Bobby and I, some incredibly important games. And yeah. for, for Jade, also an important game still. But uh, Bobby's team is fighting to get in, and my team is fighting really hard for that one seed right now. So some important stuff for us, and I'll be in the fantasy finals, so that will be important as well. And I think that will do it for this week, unless you guys have anything that I missed. Just nope. Happy New Year, you beautiful people. Yeah, yeah, happy new year. Happy new year. We'll see we'll see y'all next year on the next episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll see y'all next year after uh yeah. what should be a what will make week eighteen one of the best weeks in football or one of the best days in football. Mm-hmm. Uh hopefully exciting. We shall see. Yep. Yeah. So next week we'll have more updates on how the playoffs are looking and we'll look ahead to week 18, the last week of the regular season. And then our shows get a lot shorter real quick after that. Uh, But we'll get we'll get to that when we get to that. Thankfully for me, those shows start getting shorter. But uh, 
yeah, we still have two more weeks of the regular season to get through, and I'm looking forward to this, seeing how all the playoff math shakes out. So that will do it for us this week on 4th and Infinity. We will see you guys next week and next year for week 17. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye.